welcome to the Transatlantic Theatre Podcast. I'm your host, Oscar Reese Freeman. Uh, again, this week, Marcos is not here because uh, he's still busy moving house and stuff like that. So I'm joined, however, by a familiar face, a familiar guest, because uh, I don't think people know your face. <laughs> uh, do you, Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is David L. Garcia returning to the Transatlantic Theatre Podcast. A delight to be here, everybody. Um, Reese, how's this? How, how are you? I'm all right. Been, uh, when was the last time we talked? When was, uh, when was the last time? Well, it was definitely the last time we recorded, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which was, God, it, it was the beginning of the year. I want to say it was. Yeah, I think I was going back through. I was going back through this uh, chat thing. I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I think. I think maybe it was in February. Oh yeah, let me let me take a look here. Point that. You maybe. Jesus Christ, we fucking put a lot of messages in here. Yeah, two twenty, two twenty. Okay, that's it. Yeah. So yeah, February last year. Now, what yep. did we do last time? Um, was it Inherent Vice? What did we do last? Yeah, it was Inherent Vice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the? Because yeah. like I was trying to remember. Because you've been. This is the third time you'll be on. I think. Third time. Yeah. First time was. Uh... Oh man, what was the first time? I don't remember. What was the first one? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it was us. Us, yeah. us, yes. Yeah, uh, in fact, yeah. actually, I I was thinking about that because uh, I realized on that podcast, I said that Jordan Peele was from, like, Northern California. He's not. He's from New York City. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, I feel like a lot of my credentials should be uh, should be questioned <laughs> throughout throughout this uh, episode. Yeah. I just, uh... But, um, it's good to see you. To... Good to hear you. Yeah, it's, it's good, to, good to hear you, too, man. Um... Yeah, what, I, what time I, is it over there? Uh, six fifteen. Oh, yeah, six fifteen. Ten fifteen a.m. here. Yeah, in also, San Francisco, California. I am so sorry if there is a weird noise all the time. Um, my my neighbors are doing some kind of work or something. Um, I I don't okay. know. It's it's been since nine a.m. They've been working. You know, on whenever house. whenever people on podcasts are like. Oh, I'm sorry about the noise. Let's turn off the air conditioner. I'm always like, I didn't even notice it until you mentioned it. Like, and now you're making a big deal out of it. I'm always just like, who cares? And that's the same thing. Like, if you listen to NPR or something, mm-hmm. that'll be like, sorry for the sound quality here. I was in my car and I needed to get this clip or whatever. And I'm yeah. always like, okay, like, don't worry about it. <laughs> listen, <laughs> like, I, I care about my sound quality. Um, uh, that uh, unlike unlike Marcos, who just rocks up with a, his headphones. <laughs> I love a lo-fi. I love a lo-fi production. You know, yeah. like I, for me, there's a certain appeal to it. So I'm, I'm, I, uh, I appreciate hi-fi. I appreciate mm-hmm. high fidelity, but <laughs> nice. Uh... That's what hi-fi stands for. Did you know that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't begrudge anyone a lo-fi recording. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. So so, do you have segments yet, or are we just? Or is it all just like an unorganized? No, nah, man. Conversation? This is always. It's always gonna be an unor- unorganized mess. <laughs> you gotta make some segments, man. Why? You gotta do like uh, because it because it helps people get into it. You know, it helps build a brand. It's like uh, let's start with uh, with. Uh, Waking up on the sunny side, and then they talk about like what we've been doing today, and then and then we go now to the main dish. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. I dish. feel like um, my favorite podcasts are the ones that they're just chatting, and there's not really a through line. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think it, I think it can be chatting, but it's sort of like vines, you know, that you mm-hmm. swing back and forth to. Yeah, you know, because uh, one of the, I, the I podcasts agree. I listen to the most these days is um, Trash Taste podcast. If you listen to that one, mm-hmm. it's uh, no. they like started as like supposed to be about anime, and I was like, I don't want to watch them. <laughs> Because I have like no interest in anime, and then I saw like some clips of it online. I was like, "This is just funny and like has nothing to do with anime." And uh, then I found uh-huh. out that they just soon just gave up on it being about anime, and it's just the three of them talking. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them turned into that. Yeah. I think I think the podcast I listen to most is the Doughboys podcast. Okay, which I don't is, know that one. Yeah, they it's these two guys, uh, Nick and Mitch, and they review fast food or uh, chain restaurants <laughs> and okay. um it started just because it was like you know i think it's i think that's honestly how the best podcast goes they just yeah. start with a concept and then just kind of go so they they go and it's really like to me it's really about like male friendships in the 21st century yeah <laughs> about how they how they clash with each other okay. um but it is it is like if you ever want like a taste of america I would say listen to that podcast. It's very. Uh, it reminds you of like going to Denny's, that kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, where I I don't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast the last time you were on, but um, just I'll never forget that time that 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 guy stood up after like we'd been speaking for like an hour at Denny's. Um, it's about like movies in general, and he just got up and like was about to leave, and he just looked at us. And he said, "Thanks for ruining every movie for me," and then like walked away. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember that. Was I you in the don't? bathroom or something? No, you were there. No, I think that's crazy. What what were we t- what movies were we talking about? Oh god, I don't I I think it was when House of Cards first came out cuz I remember us talking a lot about uh, that and like how much we really enjoyed yeah. that. And like just David Fincher stuff in general then at that point probably. Right, right, right. That's funny. Why didn't he say something sooner? I don't know, but <laughs> That's fuck Oh my god, my screen just went black. Oh. I was terrified. I think I, That's funny it doesn't that's funny. I have to do stuff in order for the screensaver to. Oh my god, that was yeah. terrifying. Also, like, I don't know if your computer does this, but like, I have this like HP thing, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll do this thing where it's like, if I don't have it plugged in, and then I open it up, it'll say, you know, like if it's dying, right? Like it's on low charge. Yeah. It'll send me a flash that says, "Battery is low. Please plug in your computer." You know? Oh yeah. And I plug it in, and I look at the thing, and it says eight percent. And then I plug it in, and then like ten seconds later, it just dies. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I've never had that problem. That sucks. Like it's just so annoying. Like it's like why even? Why not just die? Just give me the, just give me nothing, and then restart from the beginning. Why are you doing this fake out thing where it's like, oh, good thing you got here in time. (laughs) It's almost like the energy it takes to receive the charge drains it of the eight percent. Yeah. Also, eight percent should be enough to like work for like five minutes. You know what I mean? Like. I feel yeah, like, and I so. don't know if it's just because panic mode, but like the second your phone goes below ten, that last ten percent does not go as slowly as like, you know, thirty to to twenty does. I don't know. I feel like Apple. I, I feel like Apple actually sometimes will like because I feel like I've been on like less than ten for a long time. Yeah, and I wonder if they do like a fake out thing where it's like, mm. you know, I I definitely feel charge. like I sit on two percent for a long time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and you're like, wow, I got yeah. home. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it takes more like energy to run a laptop or something. Yeah, maybe, maybe more than more than what it takes to run a, a just a little screen in your in your pocket. Well, yeah, that's how that's yeah. how energy works, right? <laughs> I've got the uh, the, the size of the screen. 
Uh, which fucking one is this? I think it's the 11 mini or the 12 mini or something like that. Um, you don't want to curse, man. You're gonna get you're gonna get uh, demonetized. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> Just for mentioning which yeah. product they have. <laughs> all the all the cash you're raking in. No, because yeah. you said. Oh fuck. yeah, all that. Ad- oh, that reminds me of my our sponsor today. <laughs> Uh, what but, sponsor would you want to have if you were if you, if you got a like of all the podcast sponsors, which one do you think you could have the most affinity for? Well, you see, Honey is a free browser extension that uh, searches for the best coupon. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. I would definitely try and do the like. The thing is, I would want to do the thing that people talk about of like I wouldn't do a product that I wouldn't also buy. But I also right every time I hear them say that, feel like that's just a lie. <laughs> what about Manscaped? I feel like I get a ton of man. Do you get oh, those? I, over I there? get a lot it's of manscaped. Like, yeah, I hate how much they because you know what? I feel like they're creating a, a stigma against against unshaved pubes. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like I, I know it's a, it's everyone's choice. You know what I mean? Like mm. some people like it, some people don't. But it's like it's one of those things where sometimes in an ad they'll just create a problem and then yeah. solve it. <laughs> and I feel like they're reinstating kind of like a. a a pube fear, you know yeah. what I mean, among like everybody, because like if you're like, I, I just imagine if you're like a 13 year old or something, and you're like concerned about it, like I gotta get the manscape. I have like, oh these pubes are getting. It's oh like, oh down. my god! So yeah, that I've I've looked up so many times to see if anybody's like commenting on this, but there's a manscaped commercial I keep getting on YouTube where this guy is mm-hmm. he's like he's opening the box and he's like man oh it's this... like an it's like a haul video yeah he's like, he's he's like this it. product manscaped has made a great product for especially over lockdown you know someone you know who maybe is just letting things get a little bit more wild down there maybe that's uh, your husband right. or you, yes. or yeah. and he goes or your dad or your son and i'm like why I would know. you so know why... <laughs> well that's the thing they did like a whole run for father's day where they were like yeah. hey hey fellas father's day's coming up why not get your dad the, the 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 gift of a lifetime? And I'm like, I am not having conversations yeah. with my dad about this. <laughs> just oh, like, there you go, dad. He's like, what's this for? And you're like, just Google it. It's you'll figure it out. No, I would like to do one of the mattress companies because then I get yeah. free mattress. Oh, that's true. Yeah, where they're like, you know, because I I have noticed that with a lot of the podcast ads is they'll like give you the they'll give the host the product so that yeah. they can say that they used it you know so they'll be mm-hmm. like i got simply fresh and these meals are great i made one last night yeah. and it's like i would so given that i think i would love a purple mattress or, the, or uh you I, know. I think out of all the ones that i couldn't do i think simply fresh or yeah. like uh those kind of stuff yeah uh, i no, couldn't, I I couldn't I, endorse those it's called go well, to the grocery take, store take, <laughs> take the money right well i but i wouldn't be able to be like oh yeah this is great because they send you all the things and and then tell you how to make it and i'm like yeah so does a recipe and a shopping list (laughs) you know what though is my uh what happened with my family like i think they knew somebody who got sent one and then was going out of town and they were like hey i have a couple of these do you guys want them because i'm not gonna be able to cook them and yeah. they did and they actually kind of liked them like okay. uh, like i don't remember what the recipes were but i remember my family telling me like that's not something i would have bought but it was yeah. it wasn't bad i can know? i so. kind of get the appeal when they talk about like you don't have to think about what you're gonna because like it just comes to you and they go you're gonna yeah. have this tonight and i'm like oh great because okay. sometimes <laughs> that's where you get hung up it's like yeah. you go to the grocery store it's like i could have anything i want I... and it's like no, go ahead. It's just like, it's just, it's just so big, you know? And then the other thing is like, sometimes with the hard part about cooking meals, 
was talking to my brother about this the other day. It's like the hard part is like, it's one thing if you like are making a main dish, right? But if you're gonna have like a balanced meal, you have to have like a vegetable and like a and some kind of side and stuff. And if you're cooking after work or something, sometimes yeah. that's the hard part is like getting all the components, you know. Whereas I feel like with that, it's like oh, okay, it comes with the potatoes, it comes with the vegetable side, yeah. it comes with like a you know. But if you're at the store, it's like oh man, I gotta make a side dish and a thing, you know, or whatever. I kind of um, get that. And I uh, keep and there's no leftovers. Yeah, I keep running into the problem right now of I've eaten the same meal for about a fucking two, maybe two months at this point, just all the time. What meal is that? <laughs> that is uh, rice with tuna, bit of mayo, bit of spring onions in there, um, and uh, like canned tuna. Yeah, like canned tuna. Yeah. Why are you eating like, like that, Reese? Bit of bit of chopped. Uh, what's it called? Don't worry, it's mostly dolphin free. <laughs> There was like some I forget what the documentary was, but there was a documentary on on Netflix, and this guy at work wouldn't oh, shut yeah. up about it because he thought it was so the funny. Fish one. Yeah, and like because the guy was like, "Yeah, we well, yeah we make sure that it's dolphin free," and they were like, "Okay, so there's no you can confirm there's no dolphin in any of the cans." He goes, "Well, we can't confirm that, but there's none." And they're like, "Well, if you can't well, confirm it, then how is, can you say there's none?" He goes, "Well, there's none, but I just I can't confirm that there's none." <laughs> And, like, he just kept saying that. <laughs> yeah. I remember that when that came out, the, the Chronicle ran some kind of thing about, like, how they weren't totally, like, they were kind of fear-mongering a little bit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like yeah, we should, I think it's more just, like, focus on, like, sustainable fish and eat yeah. fish locally, you know? Oh. More than it is, like. Oh, my God. So, speaking of, of that, like, I went to mm-hmm. um, Scotland recently for, like, a little trip. So I went to Isle of Skye with a friend for, like, some hiking and stuff. And it was really, really beautiful uh, place to get Where's to. that? Isle of Skye is in the north north of Scotland. Um, it's what, it's, oh, I, you went to Scotland? Yeah. I would want to, you know, that's, I, I don't mean to, you know, romanticize your, your nation. But okay. I always thought that, like, uh, if I was going to go to anywhere in the United Kingdom, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to go to, like, London. I feel like that would be a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to go to like I'd like to visit you in Wales, or I'd like to go to Scotland, yeah. or I'd like to get, go to like you know just somewhere, yeah. somewhere or like Manchester, Liverpool, or someplace. Like, I don't yeah. want to just go to a big city with a different accent. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's like well, Liverpool is a big city yeah. with an with a with a different accent. It's just going to be a, an accent that nobody know, can understand. But, <laughs> I know, but just like you know what I mean? Like it'd be like if you came to America yeah. and you just went to New York City. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, that's New York what State, I hear. 24-7 is every person they're like oh my god you're American I go yeah and they go I've been to New York and I go great that's 3,000 miles from where I grew up yeah I know, I know. but yeah that's kind of how I feel about it it's just like I would like to go somewhere else with a little more color to it mm. like have you watched this like again I don't mean to fetishize your nation but it's like uh, I watched those Munchies guide to. They did a guide to Scotland. They did a guide to the North Country, mm-hmm. which I guess is just like South North Scotland. Country. It's like <laughs> above, yeah, it's, exactly. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. I looked at the map. I was just like, okay, so like, all right. Um, so like Manchester, Sheffield, and Liverpool. Like yeah. That's what that means. <laughs> um, and then they did one for Wales, but the Wales one wasn't numbered, so I kind of lost track of like where to go with that mm-hmm. and also i gotta be honest it wasn't didn't seem as appealing <laughs> no I, let's i'll i'll be the first one as much as i have a lot of welsh pride to say the the welsh are 
horrific with food. They're so bad. They don't know how to do mm -hmm. it. It's they're really bad at it. Uh, they know how to how make is that though? Welsh lamb. We're in a new era. We're in a new age. You know what I mean? Like everyone should know how to do everything. Listen, now. listen. There's this guy at work. If it, um, it's an advanced and, nation. Yeah, you'd say that. You think that. <laughs> um, but there's this guy at work. He's he's salty. He's fucking one of the loveliest people I've ever met. However, he has said something to me that shook me to my core, which is when I first started working with him, I was seeing what he was like eating for lunch, and I was like, "What are you having?" And he was like, "Oh, I'm 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 a really fussy eater, so I'm eating what I always have for lunch." And I went, "What is that?" And he goes, "A red sandwich." And I just stopped. I was like, "What? What's a red sandwich?" And he goes, "Just two pieces of bread, bit of ketchup in the middle, and that's it." That's so fucked up. That's just like that's a nightmare. Yeah, I think he said sometimes he puts a bit of ham in there, but he's a he's a fussy eater. And I was like, "Right, how is this an island? Where is the? Oh, okay. sorry, I'm Google mapping the yeah. island sky. Okay, it's like." If it, it looks like it's just part of it, but I guess it's not. Yeah, it's um, it's like one of those islands where it's like, okay, so there's just some kind kind of like thing that happened that you means that you it. barely Isle touch. Of like Lokalsh. Lokalsh. probably. Sure, I don't know how sure. to say. I'm not good at Gaelic. I saw one word in Gaelic that I understood. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Where's that the was... Isle of Wright? What? <laughs> Where's the Isle of Wight? I don't know. There's a lot of islands. <laughs> There's a lot of isles, and you call them isles. I don't yeah. Know. Well, they're 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 isles. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but isn't that just isn't that just island? But stated by oh Isle of Isle of Wight is in the south. Oh Isle of Wight. So, yeah, as in W. -I what did I say? Right. I think you said right. By yeah. Southampton. Yeah, it's by yeah, yeah Southampton. Yeah, and Portsmouth. Yeah, because sure. that's from that Beatles song. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's fun. You know, that's that's great. That's that's great. But yeah, it was I'm beautiful up there. I'll fucking spam you with some photos of like, because like, if you're on the maps there, then I hiked uh, uh, Blah Vein, which is spelled B L A B H E I N N. But yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I see that here. We Looks were very, in. Uh, 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 town and we were like we went near to the harbor just like to look and see all the we saw all the boats out there fishing and shit like that and mm -hmm. the person i was with went up to one of the fishermen he was like so what do you fish around here is it salmon because we were going to get salmon when we were there thinking like oh get the freshest stuff you know around yeah, he goes yeah. and scotland's quite famous for their salmon and he was like no yeah. salmon's mostly on the east coast over here it's all like mussels yeah so, well isn't it yeah i mean that that was part of the <laughs> part of the munchies thing is like i thought the seafood up there was like really incredible yeah and uh they had a lot of um they have those like they're like they look like i don't know what you'd call them but they look like little mini lobsters you know what i'm talking about and they don't really have them in america um but they're like they have like little claws but they're smaller than lobsters and they're like pale white kind of color red i don't know how to i don't, oh God, I don't, I don't know what you mean i look this up i know small scottish crustacean okay I'm but so Google. yeah so we have we go there that's it we, that's uh, it oh, it's a, a langoustine a langoustine okay that's it no very cool um let me all right well i'm sure the listeners appreciated that oh okay yeah i've seen those yeah yeah they don't really have them in america yeah they don't have those over here um but yeah so uh we went to uh like a pub there 
and we were like are there muscles here like fresh from today and they're like yeah just like literally fucking we probably just walk outside and grab them like <laughs> and uh yeah we had fresh muscles there it was it was, ugh, it was incredible it was the best best and they, and they were like uh yeah just being like the people in portlandia just like, are the <laughs> muscles uh local yeah well i just you know i wanted to try local i wanted to make sure you never know yeah. especially if it is like yeah. I, we we were cer- we're fairly certain we didn't go into a chain but that's kind of like some of the problem with like chains, even in like you know over here is because they have the same distributor for everywhere for every restaurant. It doesn't matter where you are; right. you're gonna get the the like imported one or the one that comes from somewhere fucking else, just because that's where the distributor comes from, you know. Right, right. right. So it's just so double checking, you're, being proactive, you know. <laughs> you're you're in Carmarthen, huh? You're in Carmarthen. <laughs> I used to live to in Camarthen. <laughs> okay. Where do you live now? Uh, I live in Cardiff. I think you always, uh, you do Oh, you live in Car- Yeah, I know yeah. Cardiff. Yeah. I know Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. sure. Although, you, if you, you moved on up. Yeah, I was like, big, you know. A big city. It was a town of like 30,000 people, Camarthen is, and I just, it was a bit too small. Couldn't do it. How many people are in Cardiff? What's the population of Cardiff? I want to say it's only like 500,000. It's still a lot. That's more than that's more than San Francisco. Really? Well, yeah, but San Francisco is fucking the size of a penny. <laughs> I know, but people talk about it like it's a big city. Yeah, and you know, that's that's bigger than that. Have you been to the Saint Fagans National Museum of History? Man, I always want to go to that. I've, I've not been. I biked through Saint really? Fagans. <laughs> I'm just um, looking at stuff on Google Maps. Yeah. So if you if you're on maps right there, um, I'm if you scroll a little bit for like just a little bit below Cardiff. I'm actually in Penarth. Penarth. Yeah, Penarth. So that I said that like an Australian. Penarth, mate. Penarth. Penarth. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? You know it's funny. Speaking of like creators, I yeah. started getting into this YouTube channel called Two Set Violin. Okay. Have you heard of that? No. And it's these two Australian guys. They're like, they're uh, I think they're Chinese Australian okay. guys, and they play the violin. They're like professional violinists. Yeah. You know. And they um, started a YouTube channel that's like they just make like classical music content, and okay. it's very it's it's very charming because I think it taught me a lot about classical music, like how to appreciate it, stuff to okay. like about it. But also, they're just they're Australian, and they just have like I just you know it's just interesting how they talk. Like do, do, like do you got okay. okay okay you know that yeah. game that people play. That people use to decide who gets to go first and stuff, where it's like that, that, that. You know what I mean? What do you call that? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is that what you mean? No, 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 no. There's three items, and one of them beats the one of them. Oh, rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Apparently, okay. That's yeah. how you say it. Yeah. Apparently in Australia they say scissors, paper, rock. Like that's how they do it. Uh, it's just like, oh god! Is it because they're upside down? Like, like literally, they're like, <laughs> we'll just do jo- it the other way. <laughs> I think that's the joke. It's like everything's yeah. backwards down there. Um, no, that's just how they do it. I don't know. And they, uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of. I think Australia, to be honest, is like halfway between America and and Britain yeah. or, or, or the UK. Like, I feel like it's half of half, half and half. Yeah. Um, because I feel like if I went there. I feel like culturally it's pretty American. Like it's pretty, mm-hmm. you know, like it's it's fairly diverse and there's uh, sort of like a, I don't know, I feel like the culture is pretty 
pretty similar to America, but then they have that legacy of, of yeah. you know British colonization. Oh know, my I god, feel dude! Also, like, uh, sorry, just to quickly add my opinion. I, no. I kind of feel like Australia is way closer to Britain. I I mean I haven't been, but from like really? Australian people that I know, like I feel like it's closer to Britain. I'd say the the middle point thing you're talking about is um, Canada, but mostly like the east coast of Canada, especially. Like I think they're mm -hmm. culturally like that kind of middle of like kind of like a lot like North American Americanness stuff, but also they still have the cultural vibes of Britain. Right. That's well, the mean. East Coast, but that's that's like that's like it's a little bit East Coast America as well. To be fair. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's a different vibe. Yeah. We've been to the Panath uh, dinosaur footprints. How's that? Um, I have not. I've I've heard about it. Um, what I've... are you doing? What are you doing? What do you do all day? <laughs> Fucking jack shit is what I do. All day. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, well, yeah, you should. You should I think check it got out. fucked it up though, cool. didn't it? Some some dickhead showed up and took a sledgehammer to it. I thought. Oh no! Recently. Oh, it's. Uh... Well, three. Three, three months ago, Paul Lewis says, standing in the footsteps of giants, I had no idea that an actual exhibition as interesting and exceptional as this as it said right here in South Wales. So me and my two daughters just had to go and see it for ourselves. It is incredible to think that these footprints have been buried away for millions of years and have recently made an appearance in a, such a spectacular way. For the best view, take something with you to clear out the sand from the previous night's high tide. I don't know, man. They're there. Okay. Um, I, I, yeah. Paul Lewis. They were pretty pretty new though. Like that's it is true that they were only recently discovered. Somebody was like, "Hey, that looks like this." Check it out. Uh, yeah. Let me take a look here. Oh fuck! I've okay. So if you want an even more insulting thing, I've definitely walked over it like a bunch of times, <laughs> and just not even know. Because <laughs> looking where it is on the map, I thought it was a lot further away from me. Um, yeah, let's. Right there I, by the Waverly Care Center. Yeah, and the Cliff Parade. Stop trying to park. You're such a local. I can tell from from your advanced knowledge <laughs> of the area how much you're. Yeah, alive. just head down Forest Road, walk up to the dinosaur footprints, <laughs> and have a delicious, delicious lunch at the Chioni Bistro. Yeah, I like. I like. I've always wanted to go um, to that restaurant. They're closed. Yeah, they open at eight a.m. <laughs> when do they close? They close at five p.m. I guess they're a lunch spot. Yeah, maybe. Um, Places um, just close weird times here, man. Like it's, it's just that's Europe. Things close at stupid times. You don't have any late night spots. Um, I mean, things close at like two in the city center area. Okay, here's a question. It's yeah. it's 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 twelve thirty a.m. Mm -hmm. Twelve thirty a.m. You're looking for a meal. What are you gonna go? What's your move? Uh, Caroline Street going? in Cardiff, Cardiff City Center. I know, but what's the what's you don't have a locate you don't have a restaurant. Um, let me take a look because I don't know the name of it. Because it's just a it's just a chip shop. <laughs> Caroline Street. Packs Why do you fish keep saying it with an Australian accent? <laughs> You're like Caroline Street. <laughs> How should I say it? Say it again. Car it's just Caroline Street. Caroline well, Street. if you want to be really oh. hip and local, everyone calls it Chippy What's Lane. The accent. Chippy Chippy Lane. No, Chippy Lane, because it's where you get a chippy. chippy lane. Well, because it's all fish and chip I don't shops. Like that. So the whole street is is just fish and chip shops. So yeah, there's there's a Five Guys. There's a Five Guys. They were fucking closed last night. Dorothy's Fish Bar. Yeah, Dorothy's. Dorothy's really Fish Bar. One. Tony's Chips and Fish Bar. There's an Indian Express. The Cambrian <laughs> Tap. 
Capu. The Cambrian Tap is pretty nice. Um, it's, I think that's a Brains Pub, though. Tortilla Cardiff. That's um, that one's. Blood. I love going to Mexican Tortilla restaurant. Cardiff. Um, oh, I bet you do. Except I well, felt bad because I walked in, I looked at it, started ordering, and halfway through, didn't realize I was speaking to the manager. I just went, I, I, I was like, I don't know if you've been told this before, but this is just Chipotle. <laughs> and she went, yeah, every American, she goes like, every American that comes in says that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it basically is. Um, I don't know. I've seen worse Mexican food, I feel like. Yeah, I no, it's definitely not good. There's um, a place in uh cardiff called oaxaca oh, yeah. uh-huh. and it's supposed to be like mexican food but uh i just i don't i'm not sure however my mind has recently been changed on that because uh, my mom was like oh i was in um in west wales she like ran into this girl who's from southern california um and of, of mexican mm-hmm. heritage and she was like, what do you do? And she's like, I live in Cardiff. And she goes, doing what? And she was like, I'm a chef at Oaxaca's. And I was like, oh, fuck, they got Mexican chefs. I might actually go now. <laughs> yeah. Well, Oaxacan food is different from, like, a lot of, uh, like, it's its own type of food. I don't I don't think maybe that restaurant like is uh, <laughs> particularly worried about being authentic to the one specific area that they're named after. <laughs> Oaxaca uh, restaurant. But I've never, I've still it. never been. I've still never been. <laughs> okay. Because um, I'm, I'm worried. Was I going to tell you? Oh, I had, did I have something else? Anything? It's I also know. just expensive. Like, yeah. fuck me. I was in, I, I was in uh, Glasgow, and I just stopped because I saw a thing that said, like, uh, Mexican restaurant. I was like, oh, right, let's take a look. And it was, like, five pounds for two tacos. And I was like, I just can't pay that price. Like, <laughs> Five pounds? What, what's the, what would you say is the equivalent of American dollars of that? What does that mean? It's like seven bucks. Would that be, like... Seven bucks for two tacos. So yeah. the yeah. thing is, is I always tell people that that's a, if you that's only if you're taking international exchange into into like the equation. Most things here are the same like number price as they would be in the states, because like right. stand, like the 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 amount of people are paid here is pretty equivalent to what people are paid in the states. So like it's just when right. you when you transfer that money that it becomes more. Like at the end of the day, it's still mm-hmm. like six or seven quid for like a mcdonald's meal the same way as like six or seven bucks for like a big mac meal mm-hmm. so like that it's it's more of yeah just in terms of how much money you have when you go somewhere else everything else here is more or less you know num- the number value associated is basically the same as what you get in mm-hmm. the u.s i feel anyway it's definitely a little different here in wales yeah because things are the cost of living in wales is so cheap um so that helps. <laughs> that makes life great. Right. That's good. But yeah. Um, forgot what I was going to say in terms of like where we were like a million years ago <laughs> in this conversation. <laughs> Why are you t- Why are you so tired? Oh, okay. So I um, uh, don't know if I should tell the full story in case this person hears this or not. Because oh. I, I don't oh, no. I don't know. We'll find out. Anyway, I went to go see someone I hadn't seen in a very long time over in Swansea, uh, where I used to live uh-huh. when I first moved here. Uh-huh. Um, and for some reason, the trains, the last train to Cardiff was 10 p.m. And the next one was oh, no. 4 a.m. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, Dude, guess who missed, missed the 10 p.m. train? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
So I missed the 10 p.m. train. What about an Uber? You couldn't take an Uber? It would have been like a 100-pound Uber. Mm -hmm. Cardiff and Swansea are at least like 50 or 60 miles away from each other. Fancy bridge. 20 miles. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, so I... Did you get... that was from? No, I don't. Okay, never mind. What was it from? Okay, it was from the it was from Lord of the Rings when the why am I even talking about this? I I don't even like Lord of the Rings. There's the part where they're like at the beginning where they're running from the Nazgul and like they're like, "Where's the nearest stop?" He's like, oh yeah, Brandywine Bridge, twenty, 20 miles. miles. Yeah. <laughs> why did that occur to me? Okay, um, so what? You slept at the station? Hold on. Do you not? Why do you not like Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I don't dislike it. I okay. just don't care. Like I'm not. A, I'm yeah. not a person that would be quoting it. Like it's okay. weird that I quoted okay. it right now. I. I. Um, strangely enough, I was listening to. Uh, they. The people who played Merry and Pippin have started a podcast. It's chat. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because the, yeah, the money's drying up sense. a little bit. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, it's um, like the. It's like how. Uh, it's like how Pam and Angela from The Office started yeah. an Office podcast. I know. I. I I you still listen to like it until I got about halfway through season two maybe and then I was like, it's just the like I can't do this I just can't. Have they had Steve Carell on? Did they? Have are you, they? Are you, oh like no, I don't think they've had. No, they maybe have. They've had so many people like, from the Office on there. Because I feel like at that point, like just end the show. Like what's yeah. the point? They've they've. How had, long are they gonna do that for? They're gonna do the whole series. They're on season five. Oh, they're watching episodes? Yeah, so they're watching each episode and then telling you, like, behind-the-scenes stuff about it. Um, Such as... And, like, the the last one I listened to was the... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The last one I listened to was just... um, uh, Frame Toby, when, like, he comes back and, like, Michael, you know, wanted to get rid of him. Um, Mm -hmm. But the thing is, like, I was always curious because I knew that the reason... Toby left the show in season four is because uh, the guy who played him was becoming the showrunner in season five. But then, like, when I watched mm-hmm. season five, I was like, but he's back now, like, four episodes later. So, like, what did he just go, yeah. actually, running a show isn't that hard? So I, like, listened to the <laughs> yeah. episode to find out, like, why did he come back? And the answer was uh, the writers couldn't think of who, what, like, anything else to do other than bring him back. And so they just gave him more work while he was running the show. Because they were like, Mah. I feel like there was such a minimal character. I don't know. Like yeah, he's a minimal character. You can he- and he's in the annex. Well, pe- well, like the reason that certain characters are who are in the and annex. He's not in are, every episode. Yeah, you know? and like Kelly Ryan and Paul and uh, and uh, Toby. The reason they are in the annex is because they were such heavy writers on the show. It was easy to do scenes yeah, without yeah. them and it not be like weird. Which makes sense and is kind of cool, but yeah, I I I just got like upset because the answer was so minimal. Like I was like expecting them to be like, oh yeah, like this happened or this happened. Like we had we decided to do this this, and it was just oh yeah, we brought him back because they just didn't they they would realize they needed an HR character and uh, Toby was there. (laughs) And I was like, okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and they had to get rid of uh, they had to get rid of Holly too. Yeah, they had to make that arc exactly. That's too uh, bad. They, like, what, what a what a what a tragedy that season was. <laughs> that that arc was. Um, so I uh, did not sleep in the station when I did because it was 10, 10 p.m. Uh, when I missed the train. Mm-hmm. So I just drank till two when the place closed. <laughs> uh, the place that I was right. at closed, and then uh, and then I waited outside the train station for uh, two hours. 
and then I got on right. the train and then I came home and I finally got home at like six because the train took me till like four. Uh, no, so four and then five. I just, five a.m. I got I dropped a home. match. Huh? <laughs> oh my God. Are you on <laughs> fire? I almost was. Hold on. Uh. <laughs> I I don't know if you could hear it, but I was like lighting matches. Putting I, them in, I have this like, I have a book of matches on yeah. my desk and I will light them and then I'll put them out. I'll burn them out and then I'll put them in, in this like five hour energy container I have. Okay. And uh, oh my God, did I burn myself? I don't think so. And uh, I dropped the mask. Are you, I mean, are you just trying to segue to the fucking weird scene in Boogie Nights where he fucking is just throwing fireworks in the house? Oh, yeah. The no, entire time? No. Well, that's, Which, that's a good that's well, a good transition. Well, uh, where uh, is that? Where did they go? We'll, we'll transition okay. to the film in a moment because that is... Uh, and yeah, we'll talk about the film because I do want to talk about it a lot because there's a lot to say Absolutely. about it. Um, but yeah, so I got home in Cardiff at like 6 a.m. on fri- on Saturday. So this, you know, Friday I went out, Saturday I got back at 6 a.m. And then uh-huh. I was supposed to meet up with my friends at 12 the next day to go drinking with some coworkers. And so then I had three hours sleep, a shower, food, and a coffee, <laughs> and then went out again. And I was out till about, I think, 3 a.m. last night. <laughs> On like wow. three hours sleep. <laughs> wow, can't believe you're here. Yeah, I didn't know how you I was there are yesterday. These, are you releasing these weekly? Uh, yeah, they're they're weekly. Yeah, we there's been a little bit of a break because Marco started moving, and then then I had that trip to Scotland. I was like, well, instead, of, I'm not gonna try and figure out what to do, like do a back catalog or anything like that. I was like, let's just take a little break, and then well, I'll come back. I'll right. find some guests. So I had my brother on last week. Uh, and then you this week, and then uh, Marcos is back. What's next your brother's week. name? Huh? What's your brother's name? What's your Rondry. brother's name? Roger. That's right. Rondry. That's right. <laughs> Roger. How's he doing? He's he's doing all right. He moved to Florida for some mm. ungodly reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, where's yeah. Marcos moving? I think he said Ohio. Oh yeah. But that's I, right. He mentioned that one. Yeah. Time. Ohio, because I think that's where his wife's family's from. So, um, yeah. They, and he he wasn't really digging Georgia. Um, and now that we're happy, happily secured the vote, the blue blue vote in Georgia, he's just going to make Ohio no longer a swing state. Because um, as we discussed before, he's he's secretly just a, a lefty plant that we move around the country. <laughs> I don't know though, man. He should have stayed. Maybe he should have stayed in Georgia because everything's all everything's. Uh... They keep passing voting restrictions. Really? It's not great. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the whole thing. All these Republican legislatures are passing like voting restriction laws, and Georgia was one of them. That doesn't like raise any like flags to just like, you know, even if you're right wing, going, hey, isn't it weird that like the second it was proven that this state could vote blue, they started putting restrictions on how to vote? Oh, Reese, you've been gone so long <laughs> <laughs> from America. <laughs> um, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> Um, honestly, like it's it's a weird time. It's it's yeah. like it's it's better, but it's it almost feels like there's just like a sleeping dragon kind of thing. It's a really yeah. weird time in America. Um, I was watching that. I I I'm working on a story kind of about this, and I was working on. Uh, I watched that H. I watched the first episode of the HBO Q doc about QAnon, yeah. and um, 
it's a weird world we're in, man. A lot yeah. of people are just believing in nonsense. And it's like, the thing is also, is like, it, you can't even just say that they're believing in nonsense because it's a sort of like, it's almost like a culmination of a lot of different social panics all at once that yeah. are just kind of funneled into this one conspiracy. And so, yeah, I don't well, I was know. Saying we'll see, yesterday uh, we'll see how things to... go. I was saying yesterday, one of my coworkers, like when when twenty when March of twenty twenty started, and like you know uh, the pandemic kind of really went in underway into on the in the rest of the world. I was like, well, there's no way a pandemic could be divisive. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's you clearly should, like, something that should. we'd just all rally behind, right? Like that's something we'd all be like, hey, right. maybe we should all not die. <laughs> well, that's the weird thing about here is like you know, I, I, like so many people are are. You know, because there's this Delta variant. Do you have that over there yet? Mm, no, we, yeah. we had so it before like, you guys, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, you invented it? <laughs> um, no, I'm not. I think the Delta it. variant you know, came like, from uh, India, did it not? Just because, yeah, like, much. it was just, you know, one of those situations where because there were so many cases there, it just popped from there. Yeah. Because they were having a really tough right. time at the beginning of the year, I think. So, uh, yeah. Like, or yeah, springtime, anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just like, well, now it's like the Delta variant's here, and the thing is that they're finding, like, if you're vaccinated, you're still okay, yeah. you know what I mean? But if you're not, it's, like, super, it's, like, a lot more contagious, and it's a lot more um, impactful Yeah, if you're not vaccinated. And they found out that the original COVID, like, if you're vaccinated, you can't, It's it was harder for you to pass it on to people, because yeah. your body would just get rid of it. Whereas the Delta, they just did a study where they were, like, no vaccinated people can spread it just as easily as unvaccinated yeah. people so it's super contagious and it's like you know that's the hard part it's like you don't want to have like short and Freud about people dying but it's yeah. the sort of thing of like every community that's not vaccinated right now is like the ones that are most likely to suffer from this so yeah. like it's not happening like, remember at the very beginning like it was like new york city LA, like all the big mm. cities were like really struggling at the beginning of the pandemic. Now it's like Missouri and Arkansas <laughs> and like Florida yeah. and like all these places where the vaccine rate is like 40% or lower and they're fine. And that's kind of the thing about the stupid thing is like all these like Republican governments are like in a point where they have a, they have a population that is inherently distrustful of the government, yeah. doesn't believe that like, the coronavirus is a thing to worry about, doesn't want the vaccine and thinks that anybody telling them to get the vaccine is either a liar or is a stooge of the government. Yeah. And it's just like, this is, it's like reaping what you sow a little bit of just like, this is what you funneled all your energy into. These are the people that you supported, that you got behind you. They had to get behind you. Like, you know what I mean? Just like all this shit. And now you're realizing way too late that, you know, no, you should have, you should have instilled more trust in the government. You should have instilled more trust in the science. You should have trusted your advisors a lot more yeah. instead of just trying to stick it to you know fucking the liberal cities or the liberal states or whatever you know so i don't know part of me is just like hey i got mine i'll be okay you know what i mean and it's yeah. certainly not happening in san francisco you know to the degree that it ever was really yeah um so i don't know it's a pretty well, shitty situation wales is pretty good we're we're two-thirds of the population through um of, of vaccinated fully vaccinated people um yeah that's what that's what that's what sf's at we're at like 75 yeah which is it sounds like an impressive number but there's only three million people in wales in general so yeah <laughs> do you um are you, what are the restrictions like uh so they've kind of just stayed uh 
in this weird i'll be honest at this point they just stayed in this weird zone of like nah, who knows things are open but like can you see people who i, I don't know um i remember there's one thing that like it was which was like dumb and annoying of like you could you could only have up to six people in your house but you could go to a restaurant with a capacity up to 500 i was like so i can see 500 strangers mm-hmm. but not like more than six of people that i know <laughs> that like maybe i trust that they're not going out and doing stupid shit Right, right. Um, and yeah, because Wales just, I think, it, um, at at this point, like, just didn't know what to lift or not. Uh, but Scotland and mm-hmm. England have lifted all restrictions now, and uh, Wales is going to mm-hmm. do so next Saturday, uh, which means okay. I'm going to probably not go out for a little bit, just for <laughs> just to keep my yeah. keep a little distance. Here, it's like everything's reopened mm-hmm. in terms of like. They're selling concert tickets. They are restaurants are seating inside. Um, events are happening, but they they're considering bringing back the mask mandate in yeah. California, which I, I'm in favor. Yeah. Like I never really stopped doing that. Like I still use it if I go to the store. Yeah. I think the only real difference between now and before is like I'm gonna I'm actually going back to work tomorrow okay. in the office tomorrow. Yeah. The semester's gonna start soon. Um, and then like. I think the only other thing is like, yeah, just the mask thing. It's like I, I, I always wear it, but mm. what I, the only lax thing I've done is like if I go for a walk or whatever, I will not wear my mask until I have to go in somewhere. Yeah, you know that's kind of like my strategy. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, you know it's 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 it does feel like back to normal a little bit. I, I think that like. I'm wondering what's going to happen around the holidays or whenever do people travel a lot, you know, yeah. like, like we have this new, like, that's the thing at work now is like a lot of people are concerned because we have all these students coming into school and students are required to be vaccinated, you know, mm-hmm. like that's just a thing. And so I feel pretty good about that. But at the same time, like they're all going to be living in a dorm together. You know what I mean? And if it's like, if there's a breakout, it's going to be pretty obvious pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I don't even but, know what's going to happen with my my office and stuff like that. I've been back for a long time. I like pushed to, to go back. I just didn't. I just couldn't do working from home. But the good news of that, like the flip side of that, is like it's like fucking fine. Like, well, there, we have some new people, so it's a little bit more. But uh, it's like barely any people in the office because everyone's just working from home. So like, it's not really much of a risk yeah. for me to go because it's like me and like a handful of people. Um, just every mm-hmm. day, it's not like an office full of seventy people or anything like that. Um, so that's been that's yeah. been nice because I get to go to work and do that, but also I'm not like being, I'm not doing something that I like is like a, an extra risk I think um, by like going and like making myself go, uh, but I just couldn't do work mm-hmm. from home. It just wasn't for me. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I get it. I mean, they're they're starting a thing now where it's like we we have the option like this coming week it's mm-hmm. three days on campus, two days remote. And that's how this for the next two weeks. The first two weeks of campus or two weeks of the semester are going to be full four, five days a week. But then after that, they're going to start assigning people to work one day remotely, mm-hmm. which um, I don't know. I, I was telling, I was talking to my, my directors. It's kind of like, you know, not to sound like the fucking New Yorker article, but it's like, it's just like a changing idea of what work is, you know? Like, I, I think that's mm-hmm. kind of good because they really, like, I understand, I think especially for my job where there's like a lot of student interaction, like, there is a benefit to being in person, you know, that can't really be replaced. But I do think that for a lot of jobs, you know, 
there is a certain amount of work that could be done at home or it could be done out of the office, you know? Yeah. And I, I like the idea of more people being able to take advantage of that, you know? But, uh, but yeah, you know, I guess we'll see. What yeah, I think happens. I think that is the case um, as well over here. But at the same time, I, um, like I, I just my main thing with with kind of not wor- like working from home is just like if things get like bad or busy or if like things aren't going well at work, I just feel like I'm doing it alone, and that's my main problem that I have is I just feel like it's mm-hmm. me versus like all the workload that I have instead of like. I don't have somebody who I can just like look at and go, fucking today's rough, isn't it? And they'll go, yeah, yeah, it is. Like just that simple, just right. like kind of acknowledgement from someone else just immediately makes me feel better. Like the fact that I, I don't. Yeah, like that's what, that's, versus everything. That is true. That that was the worst part of the remote semester or the remote year was just like, you knew you weren't, I knew I wasn't giving the students a true college experience, yeah. but we all just kind of had to like grin and bear it. Yeah. And I was just alone in my house trying to like, make everything okay and I couldn't you know like that kind of sucked um so yeah I am I I think it'll be better to be better I also think like it'd be better for me to have like a structure to the day (laughs) um as opposed to like when you're working remotely it's just kind of like okay well I I was in bed and I checked my email yeah so that's that's uh like that was the worst one is like (laughs) I I got to a point where I was like I don't even remember how I got up for work before like because uh, yeah, there, there was a large amount of days that I, I just know, I'm rolled worried, out of I'm bed. Worried about that. Yeah, there were a large amount of days yeah. that I rolled out of bed five minutes before work started. Right. And uh, but yeah. now, like, and then uh, during fall of last year, because I was back in the office in fall, uh, fall time last year, and because I was in like a more northern part of Cardiff, so it was a lot further from work. It's like a thirty-minute bike ride to work, um, and. But it just it's it's you know it's one of those where the second that becomes a necessity, your brain just goes right. We can wake up earlier now. Like now that we need to, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But because there wasn't a need to, my brain's like, no, you're gonna sleep in a little bit more. Like just you know. I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was just like, what's the point? Like, what what difference yeah. will it make? Exactly. Um, and then there's like always the the argument that they want to keep us tired and busy, so we don't. Farment the revolution. <laughs> I'm reading a book about the Russian Revolution. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I don't. It's actually my brother's. It was a it was a it was a textbook he had in college, and I was like, yeah. hey, "Can I have this?" He was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and so, um, I don't really know why I'm reading it. I think just mm. uh, just help me understand some stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I, I also read a book about the Civil War, which. Uh, was really big. I'm surprised I actually read it, um, but uh, it's good. I, I think I, I think I like reading history because it's like when you read fiction or like creative writing, there's like a certain amount of like of like momentum that you have to maintain when you read. Yeah. Because you don't want you can't just stop wherever. Whereas like when you're reading about the Civil War, it's like so big and like every paragraph is like a new topic, so you can yeah. kind of just stop wherever. Yeah. Because I usually read it before I go to bed, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah. So. so, shall we? Anyway, can we? Let's get to the main. Let's get to yeah. the main dish. Let's get to the <laughs> Superman. So, I'll start with just saying I've always wanted to see this film. Um, like because it. Wait, sh- you hadn't seen it before? I've never seen this. This is the first. I watched it today for the first oh. time. 
Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> did you do you I'm, wish that you could go back to that experience? <laughs> See it you for know, the first time again. You know what I was gonna say is kind of because yeah. Well, let me hear your thoughts. I'll okay. get into it. I'll okay. get into it. But go ahead and share your experience. Um yeah, so so I'd always heard a, like heard of the like everybody all I've heard people say, uh, Boogie yeah. Nights one of the best movies of all time. Boogie Nights, Boogie Nights, Boogie Nights, Boogie Nights, and like right, I was right. like oh, okay, cool. Like I guess it's got to be good. Um, and the only thing I knew about it was like the image that every time I heard somebody mention the film, it was the image of, um, fucking. Uh, Alfred Molina, like in his like you know fucking robe, in the oh scene. my yeah. god, yeah, yeah. Like I yeah, yeah. I knew that scene for some reason. I don't know what I saw that that scene existed in my brain. Um, right. But like I'd seen stu- stuff about it's an incredible that incredible scene. Yeah, it's an incredible moment. So I was like, oh, it's just about drugs and stuff. And then when the movie started and it was just like started like uh, the I, I knew nothing wait, about the film did, wait you didn't know it was like about porn i didn't know it was about porn i didn't even know oh that fucking marky mark was gonna be in it what yeah oh my god i knew okay. somehow i'd made it my whole life without ever hearing That's anything incredible. about this movie other than it's really good yeah 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 um wow yeah you went in like about as cold as you Gandalf. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, it it was interesting. Um, I did you like it? So, I really like <laughs> I really liked it. I think uh-huh. my main problem with it is, at times, Mark Wahlberg is just not something I want to watch. <laughs> okay, like the scene in where they're in the van and he's like pitching the uh, like fucking. Uh, you know, like cop porn drama. Um, when right, he's, right. And he's pitching it. He was doing that like high pitch thing that everyone makes fun of him for. Where he's like, "Yeah, man, I, I think it'd be a great idea, man." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. I I think ev- there wasn't a single performance. Oh no, sorry. That that baby at the end. I just didn't believe that performance. I'm just kidding. Uh, like there, every performance was perfect. Like, it was uh-huh. so incredible. Like, especially the point where, like, John C. Riley, Mark Mark Wahlberg, for, uh, I have to give credit to, unless he was just actually doing it at the time just to be like, well, it makes it more realistic. I've never seen a more accurate depiction of someone coked out of their head, like, talking shit. Yeah. Like, just talking random shit. Yeah. yeah. He, d- he did that so accurate that I was like, maybe they just gave him coke. Because <laughs> it's you know that that's that I, I agree with you. The thing that the thing that I think is the best quality of it, watching mm-hmm. it again, is the fact that he managed to get all of this talent, and literally there are no weak links. Everybody yeah. is giving it their all yeah. in every role that they have, like, and in every it, scene it doesn't really matter. Like yeah, Philip yeah, Seymour I mean, Hoffman like kind of, is great in every scene. I know, and he's not even a big character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even like the little like mini characters yeah. are really good, and they they have like their own like little like their own little dynamic with everybody, mm-hmm. and they all kind of fit in together, and it just yeah, it works really well. I I think that you know okay, so I saw this movie in college. I knew okay. it was about porn, but I watched it like my freshman year of college on my own, and I I don't think I was prepared for how like 
just sort of extravagant and and uh, what's the word? Bacchanalian. It kind of is like in certain parts. Like I don't think uh, I really was prepared for that, even though I knew it was about porn. And repeat, so when I saw that, it, it was sort of like last this, like, thing, you said, thing. Just really quick, because uh, you cut like out a, for a second. Just very like it was just so glamorous and yeah. like Bac- I said Bacchanalian, like just mm-hmm. like. Uh, like this, it's just like this crazy '70s movie where everyone's kind of just like living like these crazy wild lives, you know. Yeah. And I, I really loved it for that. It felt very bold and and like just like a really, I don't know, just like something. And then the fact that he was so young, like Paul Thomas Anderson was so young when he made it. I think he was like 26, 27. Really? And he made this massive movie. Yeah, and he made this massive movie, <laughs> incredible performances, sprawling narrative, so well shot. I mean, also like, he's I mean, incredibly like well those, shot. Those long, long takes are just fucking. Yeah. That opening shot, I like. I had. I. Uh, if you're like a film nerd, it's yeah. like, it's like just, it's like porn. It's like designed yeah. to like amaze you, you know. And it's, and also there's long shots that don't even feel like long takes. No, like they're just like, they're just like, in a lot of ways, like they don't even call attention to themselves. Like you'll just be watching a scene and you'll be like. Oh yeah, there just hasn't been a cut. Like he's just moving all over the place. Yeah. Um, and that to me is really great because you know sometimes you see a oneer and it's like, all right, I'm glad you had the idea. You know, mm-hmm. cool that you did this, but it's so like in service of just being cool. Whereas it, even even that opening shot, it does uh it does work that is very practical in the storytelling sense. You know what I mean? Like it's really it's like there's a purpose to it. And so and then the fact that it's so long, like even that too for me was just like wow. And I was engaged the whole time. Yeah. You know what I mean there isn't like a there isn't like a part where you're like, oh this is going on forever, even though it's a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. Um I really loved it. And so for me there was a point where I, I might have said that this was my favorite one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um and then I watched it this time and I, I did like it, but it took me a little longer to kind of like fall under the spell. I think that okay. I think when I watched it this time, I noticed that this is a young person making a movie, and he's an incredibly talented young person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Paul Thomas Anderson is just a wizard, but it's a story that a young person would tell. If that makes <laughs> sense. I, I think I, I think that. I think, and not even about the porn stuff. Like that's yeah. not even really what I mean. I mean, I mean just like the way that he goes about it, and the way that the characters kind of relate to each other. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really see this as like a mature film, if that makes sense. Like it's sort of like, mm-hmm. how would you describe it? It's sort of like, it's sort of like if you said that your favorite, it's like to me, if you think about the Beatles, this is like Hard Day's Night, where okay. yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Of course. Have you heard that song? Incredible. Like, yeah. they wouldn't be the Beatles if they hadn't made that song. But if you're going to talk about, like, their real achievements, like, their real, like, mature artistic statements, it's not the song Hard Day's Night. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's kind of how I feel about this movie, is it's like, I think he went on to better, greater heights. And I also think, and this is the thing that I think plagues Tom, Paul Thomas Anderson in everything that he does, is there's sort of a, how would you describe it? There's sort of like a like a certain amount of like oh man, what is the right word? Like just sort of like it's sort of like when he writes when he writes his own things and directs yeah. them, he makes choices that don't really have a point. He just thinks that they're cool and that he likes them. Okay. And and 
that's sometimes that's enough. You know what I mean? Like it makes for a good movie. But if you look, if you think about it any deeper, you're kind of like, well, why is that happening? And why is this like, like, how would this actually work? And why would this character actually do that? And why would they actually react this way to other people? You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I don't know. I found that in a couple of his movies. In a couple of his movies, I feel that way about Magnolia a little bit. It, I actually, I think now. I think Magnolia is a better movie, even though okay. it's a little more, um, even though it's a little more sprawling, a little less controlled. I think Magnolia is better, and I found it also an inherent vice uh, in some of the, um, not even so much the story, but sort of like the like choices that were made in that movie. It's just sort of like a, why is this happening? Like, why is this character doing that? Like, why why is you know why why is this what has to happen in this movie? Um, I think especially I noticed at this time with the sort of, with a lot of the side characters. Yeah. Um, like the William H. Macy character, the Don Cheadle yeah. character. The, um, I'd the, say uh, my, my biggest complaints with the film were what mm-hmm. about a couple, like 20, like the second time his wife cheated was like, you know, just like fucking a dude at like, and yeah. you know, all that was happening. I was like, oh, he's going to shoot them. And then, yeah, uh, I mean, it's just sort of like, and, and I know why he does that. Like, yeah. in, if like if I'm thinking about the movie as a whole, I understand why that happens. And and to be honest, actually, my favorite part of the entire movie, personally, is the point where he is that long take of William H Macy before he kills himself. Yeah. <laughs> that is my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, it's such an amazing transition. It's such an amazing moment. The the song "Do Your Thing" by yeah. uh, Charles Wright, I think, and and it, that song is perfect for it. Yeah, um, it's the such fact a that like. Because you figure he's probably going to shoot himself at the same time, but he still locks the door to his car. <laughs> like, that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's just like... It, that's a perfect moment for me. That's, I think that's my, my personal favorite moment in the whole movie. Yeah. But, um, but at the same time, I don't know why that character... Like, why is he still doing this? Why does he... Yeah. He let everyone call him Little Bill. But why does he, like... Why does he kill himself instead of, like you know, like, moving on with his life or doing something else. Like, that's not really fleshed out. Yeah. I also thought, like, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but I also thought there was a certain amount of, like, weird ambiguity with the Don Cheeto character of, like, he wants to be himself. He he wants to be, like, you know, the cowboy guy, which I, is yeah. funny. Like, that's a funny yeah. idea. But at the same time, why does he do that? And why does he feel like he doesn't understand why he isn't selling stereo equipment? And why does he, like, not just lie on his bank application yeah. like how is he able to get away with this insane like crime like they don't really explain any of that yeah. and why does he end up meeting uh melora harden uh his character like why does that work out and then at the end there's almost like an acceptance where he's like yeah i'm gonna be um the guy that people want me to be so i can sell stereos you know what i mean like like yeah. why does he decide to do that after seeing this character this whole time like like what are we supposed to take away from that um, I like Don Cheadle. I think he does a great job. I think uh, it, all his scenes are really are really funny, and I think he really like kind of has fun with that character. But um, I like the scene where like I a... had okay. The second most tension I felt from the film is the scene in the in yeah. the in the donut shop because like the second they show him yeah. like go in the donut shop, and obviously there's also been two other horrific things that have happened already that night. That's a great. <laughs> That's a pretty great moment, though. So, yeah. Just cuts between, yeah. Uh, so when he, like... Oh, first off, how is that other dude not dead? She's stepping on his face with roller skates. Yeah. Like, I was, like, I, I was waiting for yeah. them to cut back to his, like, caved-in skull. 
And then it just yeah. cut back to him, and he's like, his nose is a little bit more broken. I was like, those were roller skates. Right. <laughs> I know, I know. And she wasn't um, holding back. I, I know, I know. I, I felt like she should have, like, you know what I would have done? I would have had her kick her in, kick him in the nuts. Yeah. I think that would have been a better I, That's what like, I thought she I was, was going at, to do. That's what I would have done. That yeah. would have been better. Um, but uh, I do love that scene, though. It's like, it's just the ultimate. Because the thing also that's great about that is, like, this, it's like a denigration on so many levels. Yeah. Like, Jack is making this bullshit movie that he does not proud of. Like he's shooting on videotape. She is like having, she is like having sex with random guys uh, who aren't like respectful of her, you know? Well, no, I don't think it was more of an artist. And it's the same guy that like was a dick to her in high school. Like that's like the ultimate cherry on top of just like, Oh my God, this is the low, this is such a low moment, you know, for everybody. Um, and, uh, I Which, that was by the way, way the... Um, after seeing the last shot of the film, because obviously the last shot of the film is just, you get, because I thought that was hilarious, because at first I was like, Are they, so they're just going to sit here and show me like tits the whole time and just not show me a dick? Like, that's a bit weird. It's a bit sexist. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, when it was at the end, I was like, You know what? That's, that's what my girlfriend, I did that's what my girlfriend said. Um, yeah. and, like, I, I didn't watch the whole movie with her, but I watched like the first, like, maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. And she was like, oh, so... I see Heather Graham naked, but I don't see Marky. Like I don't see Mark Wahlberg naked. No, you and called like, him Marky. Yeah, and, yeah, I did. But that's like, but I was, I didn't want to ruin it. But I was like, well, not yet. I <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like a famous shot. Yeah. But I do agree that like, that's another thing that maybe, maybe that's just the times. You know, it's more. Uh, well, more, like, I don't know if it's the times nudity. or if it's about the fact that it was made by a twenty-six-year-old dude. <laughs> I think so. I mean, yeah. like, because you know the you know that show, The Deuce. Um, yeah. that thing that David Simon did that was like on HBO and I remember I, I didn't watch it but I remember a lot of the reviews were like about how the nudity was pretty balanced there were a lot of mm-hmm. dicks uh, in, the, in the deuce and I do agree like I mean if you're shooting porn like you know I, I don't know there could have even been like some like ass shots you know what I mean yeah. like of, of Mark Wahlberg from behind or something um, but there weren't really and uh, you know I know you critiqued Mark, Mark Wahlberg but yeah. I gotta I gotta say like I think he's perfect in this. I don't know who else could have done it. So what? Because he's just like this perfect blend of like idiot, yeah. but also relatable. And I don't know. Like I, I, I they, they were originally. I read they were originally going to cast Leonardo DiCaprio, and I don't think that would have worked. <laughs> I don't think that would have worked if they'd gone with something, someone like that, or Joaquin yeah. Phoenix too. They were going to. They were considering both of those, and yeah. I don't think they would have worked. I think Mark Wahlberg. And the thing also that makes me kind of sad is like that was his first real acting. Yeah. Uh, opportunity since he was before he was Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and it makes me kind of sad to think that he's not going to ever do something that gutsy ever again I mean he's yeah. going to keep making Will Ferrell comedies and dumb action movies because that's where his money is which is he in and, Will, like now, it is, now that's occurred to me like the connection is he like in Will Ferrell comedies because he became friends with John C. Riley after this I don't know because he's not in. He's not in, John C. Riley isn't in a lot of the. It's usually Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, or it's Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, they just um, tap each other out. They're like Will's. Uh, J- <laughs> John C. Riley is a great actor. I mean, he does I lots of stuff. I fucking I mean, he- love John C. Riley. However, yeah, because I'd not seen this movie, and I think this is the youngest I've ever seen him. I never realized he used to be pretty fucking hot. <laughs> I. I did not agree with that. Okay. I thought he, he looks basically like how he looks now. To be no, honest. I was like, damn, he's looking. He looks pretty good here. I mean, knowing just, what he'll age into, 
It's a. It's like I don't know, well, man. <laughs> to me, he looks the same. <laughs> I don't think he looks the same. Um, I love the part where we're in the studio. That's I think that's I think that's the funniest part when they're like recording the stupid oh, songs. Oh fuck yeah! And then they're trying to get their demo. They're yeah. trying to get their demo tapes, so they can't pay for it. And then he said um, that he's like, "No, I think the bass is like making my vocals bad." He was like, "It's not the bass." <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know the other thing about Paul Thomas Anderson that I, I did love, I, I kind of recognized it more watching it this time, is you know his first three movies, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, and Punch Drunk Love, mm-hmm. were all um, Valley movies. Yeah. Because Paul Thomas Anderson is from the Valley, and I don't think I ever really recognized how well he captures the the, the San Fernando Valley. Um, you know, like the like he, and one of the, my favorite moments is when they're in that studio. It's Sunset Sound, which is like. Yeah. A legendary. It's not there anymore, but it's like a legendary. And I wonder almost if he actually shot it there because he could have at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I just love that. I just love those little details. Like you know, they're going down Sherman Way, and uh, the fact that he's like from Torrance, but he comes up to um, San Fernando Valley to work and stuff yeah. like that. Like it's just, I love little details like that. Yeah, it um, definitely maybe a little homesick because I was like, oh, places I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta say, I I, I know I critiqued him for the writing, but the the whole. You know, I, I, like I said, I was kind of like a little more on the fence this time watching it. But once the descent happens, yeah. once William H Macy kills himself and it's the eighties, it's just it got me. So the one thing that I'll give to the writing back, is it's I, such a good movie. I was yeah. just like, this movie's so good because you, you're watching them basically on this like Fantasia, like this sort of like never-ending paradise, and then all of a sudden reality hits all of them very hard you know what i mean and i just love that it was just so like it just was such a nice like dark chocolate kind of moment you know what i mean where there's just like like a bittersweet flavor of just like Mm. oh yeah this is the other side that they don't talk about like the producers of pedophile and fuck um, me that scene oh that was a great yeah great scene just and then the part where he (laughs) the phone cuts out yeah talking and behind the bars oh it's okay but just, I feel like uh, Burt Reynolds did the, the best job of just, like, capturing the exact look that they knew was going to be the entire audience's face. Like, the second yeah. he was like, well, yeah. they found some pictures, and he was just like, fuck, man. Like, just, just like, no. immediately just, like, looked down, like, what the fuck are you about to try and say to me right now? Yeah, and I did love that part at the end where he's getting beat up in prison. I thought that yeah. was great. Um, like, a great little touch. Um yeah, I, I just I just think it's great. And then also the one thing I, I don't know that I appreciated, but that I kind of thought was great now is like the kind of downfall of the like Julianne Moore is great in this. Also, mm-hmm. uh, I think yeah. she was nominated for the Academy Award for this. She's really good. The kind of moment where because I think I think in my head the moment where it switched to oh things are getting bad now was when William H Macy killed himself, which is a great moment yeah. and a great transition. But um, the real moment. The real beginning of the end is when Julianne Moore, who's been like a super encouraging, like super nice person to Mark Wahlberg, she's the one that gives him his coke habit. Yeah. Because she's the one that like gives him the line, like makes him do it and like makes it seem okay and like makes it seem like it's part of his lifestyle. And that ultimately leads to like, you know, his ultimate downfall kind of, yeah. right? And I just think like that's the moment for me watching it this time where it was like, oh yeah, like, it, it, it was really nice because it also, you know, she's like this, like, adoptive mother, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? For him and, and a lot of the other 
actors. And uh, watching that sort of corruption start from her, I thought was a really good choice. Yeah. Um, and so my so the other thing that when the movie started, I was I was like, so when is he gonna? Because the second I it showed her in the in the bedroom. Uh, uh, doing coke i was like okay so what, at what point is mark Wahlberg gonna start doing coke and that's obviously just gonna be the downhill spiral of the film um so then when she did that and then it was the downhill spiral like the thing that i didn't like was there was no mention of that when he like gets back like he's back with them and like life's a little bit better and stuff like that but he doesn't go like hey maybe you shouldn't have done that <laughs> right right but well, I think they'd all been through, like, you know, so that was much. the thing, too, yeah. is, like, she loses her kid. I thought that was a great moment. Um, yeah. Also, John Doe plays the ex-husband, which mm -hmm. is funny. Um, the guy from X. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it just, like, it just covered all of their sort of, like, failures really well. Like, you know, like, I don't know, just, I was really happy with all that. It seemed really... Oh, so something I, I was going to say that I, I think is funny. So, first off, I do think... I think there's there's other penises they could have shown, but I do think it does work to the advantage of the film of not showing it the whole time because because it's one of those where um, because they've mentioned so much like describing it because you can't see it you're like trying to have like the mental image of it which is always going to be like funnier uh, and like yeah. more interesting for you um, but then yeah. at the end when it like shows it my the second I saw it I just thought of the scene of him in the car and I was like fucking how did that thing fit in the car with you like <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's funny I think um, I agree they could have I, I think they should have like I think what they should have done is had Heather Graham like a Heather Graham character yeah um, as a man like there should have been one other man on set who was willing to do that I think that would have been um, a good touch but why didn't we but, see John C. Um, Riley's penis that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Is like yeah. I think a lot of the male actors were like the actual big gets, you know. So like Mark Wahlberg, he agreed to do that one scene at the mm -hmm. end. That was that was on purpose. Yeah. I don't think Don Cheadle would have agreed to it. I don't think John <laughs> no. C. Riley, John C. Riley would have agreed to it. You know, John C. Riley didn't even really have any porn scenes to be honest. Like you no. know, I mean? he was mostly just like a. I, you don't I ever thought see that he was like, he's like just the like guy who did shit for the the director. Like, yeah, like his like helper and handyman shit like, shit like that. Um, yeah, yeah. You kind of forget that he's also a porn star, mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just. Uh, I think there was a kind of a lost opportunity. I think now, if they, if they made that now, I think, I think they would do it differently. Um, yeah. But it is uh, the other thing also, and like, I have this theory. I don't know if this will make sense, but I have a feeling like whatever is retro at any one time, whatever is like retro in a cool way, yeah, is stuff from twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, which like that's weird. pretty universal. It does, it is, but it also makes sense to me because by that point you have teenagers who were people who are like I would say like thirteen to eighteen during that time, mm -hmm. then becoming old enough to like buy whatever they want, yeah, and kind of and while also ha um kind of like being able to introduce things to younger people, and so ninety seven this movie came out in ninety seven twenty years before that was seventy seven, and I think yeah. that was part of like a seventies kind of revival because. Um, just a lot of the music and the vibe of that just feels very like late nineties to me. I don't know really yeah. why. Maybe it's just because of this movie. I mean, maybe that's what kind of kicked it off or whatever, but the, the fact that everything was just so like, I feel like there were songs in that movie that weren't cool. And then they were in that movie <laughs> and they were cool. You know, I, like, I loved every song. Disco, that a lot of the, 
I know, but I think it's because you and I came of age like in a time where those songs had already been reintroduced. Like, yeah. like same with um, what was that movie? Um, Almost Famous, the Cameron Crowe one about the rock bands. Have no. you seen that movie? Ooh, have I? Let me take a look. Almost, it sounds super familiar. It's about the guy. It's about Cameron Crowe who used to write for Rolling Stone. Oh no, I never saw like, this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all right, but I realized like you and I know the song "Tiny Dancer" right, yeah. by Elton John. Mm-hmm. Okay there's a scene in that movie where they all start singing that song together and that moment in that movie is the reason why that song is like a part of the cultural context for us you know what i mean because before that that song was not seen as like one of his biggest hits or one of his like most really? like you know iconic songs yeah and then it got put in that movie and a lot more people start, just sort of like how journeys um don't stop believing was in the Sopranos and then was on Glee around the same time. Yeah. And that's why we, there was like that summer, I don't know if I was hanging out with you at the time, but there was like that summer where like you heard that a million oh, it was times. Everywhere. And everywhere. it was, and it's because it was in both of those yeah. pieces of modern pop culture. And so I think that the soundtrack on this thing, God, it just made me so jealous. Like I, I wonder how he was able to do that because he uses so many songs. Yeah. That are like so iconic, like just like even the just the one scene with Alfred Molina. There's like four different. There's like there's uh, Sister Christian. There's Jesse's Girl. There's nine. Which I always, I'll be honest, I, I always forget that Jesse's Girl and it's like, is an older song because I feel like it sounds so early two thousands. Every time I hear <laughs> it, I just I'm like, this sounds like Bowling for Soup made this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it is. It's like Rick Springfield. It, it is. It is like era appropriate, you know. Yeah, but it's it, like yeah. it's. Um, I just I I just wonder like how like to me like when I think about making movies or something like that's a question I would have is like how did you pay for that like how did you manage to work that out like I I wonder if it's even possible to do that now because of the way that copyright works you know yeah. that, like how much of the budget that well i mean the, too, is the, I'm so it, kind of, so many extras so many big sets yeah and it's it's was this his actual like real first film then no he made one film before this but this is okay. the one that like made him famous yeah but um, still like the the amount of money that was given to him to make this is impressive yeah i know and still for us for a sophomore film i think it's it, it's incredible <laughs> When you think about I, it, know, just from I that don't. Aspect. I don't. I don't really know that. I don't really know that anybody else. Maybe like Ari Aster when he made Midsummer. Maybe <laughs> uh, like no. a good example. But like I other than that, I don't. Know. I don't really care for Midsummer. You don't? No. And I'm I, really happy I watched them in this order. I watched Midsummer and I was like, I don't really care for this. And then I was like, Well, I'll watch Hereditary, but I didn't really because I hadn't seen it yet. And I was like, but I guess yeah. if it's going to be the same, like I might not like it. And I'm glad I watched it in the order I did because I think Hereditary is uh, like a nine, if not a ten out of ten film. Like it's it's incredible. Mm. Um, and if I watched Midsummer after, with, like with the expectation for it to be as good, then I probably would have been even more disappointed. I saw I saw Hereditary first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I gotta say, I, I I liked Hereditary. I think it was really interesting. Yeah. And I think they explored a lot of cool stuff. But yeah, I like the concept felt... of like a horror movie where it's daytime all the time. Yeah, I like that. 
And I also liked, um, I just liked Midsummer. I don't know. It just felt like, <laughs> okay. kind of like what I was saying earlier, like a more mature work. I don't know how else okay. to say that. Like, it just seemed like something like, like, I, like, let me put it this way. If every director who had a kind of like a sleeper hit and then their next movie that had more money and more interest was as good as Midsummer, that would be great. Yeah. It's like, still a it well put like, together film. I just, yeah. it just didn't hit me the way that Hereditary hit me. Yeah. I, I guess I get it. I, I just liked it more. I also thought Florence Pugh was really good in it, and I thought mm-hmm. that the scene where she was on mushrooms is maybe the most like accurate depiction of being on psychedelics I've ever seen in a movie. Like it's like it really gives you the sense of like what it's like to take mushrooms, okay. um, and like cinema, cine, cinema, in a cinema format. You know what I mean? Like through the camera work, I thought that yeah. was really great. Um, and yeah, I just liked it. I don't know. Like, and it, it, it kept me guessing too, because I, I, I didn't really know what was going on until the very end. So I liked okay. that. But uh, but yeah, I guess I guess uh, what else do we have to say about? about um, it's so simple and so obviously like we discussed about it already, but like it being an mm-hmm. iconic scene. But and it seems like such a simple thing to be like, yeah, it's clearly there for that one reason. But it's if you just think about what it would be if they removed this from the scene, it is such a like less seen for it of just the where they're just having that guy throw fireworks like it just adds so much tension it's it's so incredible like the first time i watched that and it's it's a perfect mixture of like you know how people say like the reason people like movies is because they combine every elements of like storytelling like yeah visuals music uh you know i i say that uh like, movies the reason I like movies as much is because it takes my three favorite art forms and puts them in one thing, and that's music, uh, acting, and in writing for screenplays and stuff like that, like uh, dialogue, right. and writing, and paintings, like all three of them right. in one thing. And I feel like that scene is like such a combination of emotions because it's like yeah. it's it's like tense. It's it's like you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Especially because I, but like, forgot that their plan was to like, fucking like, try and, like, steal from him more. Like, at the point where, like, they, know. you know, I was like, okay, I think they got away with it. He was like, no, what about the safe? And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I forgot about the safe. <laughs> well, no, he, did he talk about that? I well, thought, he I said... he, like, went rogue. I thought he said that he wanted to, like, he was like, we're gonna go to this guy's house because he has everything. And I thought he said that because he meant, like, he, they were gonna try and steal from him. Oh, and yeah, see, I, yeah. I just like to. I, I didn't really think that. I thought it was more like just a heightening of tensions every time. Where it was like, oh, he brought a gun. Oh, yeah. they're locked in this house. Oh, there's this other dude with the gun. Yeah, He's and like, then, like from the get go, the fact that they're trying to pass off baking soda, which yeah. is insane. Which like God, yeah. I I don't it's know like, how oh. the scene didn't immediately turn when he was like emptying it out. And didn't just go. I know, and then and then the fact that you don't see that guy, yeah. like the, it's one of those things where it's like he's off screen and you don't know what he's doing, and like at any moment, like you know he's there, but like, ah, my god, and then yeah, and then I'm I think I think Paul Anderson literally just was like, just the idea to have the fireworks go off at random times. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not like, bap, it's just like add, bap, oh, and then the dude like, is like free bracing cocaine. Bap. Yeah. I know. Yeah, and, and when he shot it, all of it was like, uh, you know, it was all random, which I think improved the performances because everyone had to like, in fact, I fit, 
uh, I don't want to say that because I don't, I haven't confirmed, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like last time I said something, I had to go, but I think <laughs> the only person who had earplugs was Alfred Molina. Okay. Which makes, which is awesome because that's, it means yeah. that he's not going to react to them as much. Yeah. Awesome. Like that's such a good choice. I never even true. thought about the fact that he yet yeah, doesn't, I will, d- when they did the scene, did he act, was it actually like on set? Just actually just like chucking real yeah, he just told fire. that guy to just set off. Yeah. Set off. Uh, I don't know that they were like actual firecraft. They might have been like yeah. hoppers or something. But like, he was just setting them off at random, like you know, like on on the set. And that was like, ugh, what a what a like cherry on top. That perfect moment. It just makes it so much more tense. There's such a like. It's sort of like when you have like a baby crying or a dog barking in a scene. It just adds like a certain amount of like emotional terror. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And. Uh, it's just, yeah, Especially it's from perfect. the point, like after you see the guy checking the the coke, you do expect at some point he's just gonna shoot one of like one of them, and be like, "It's not real coke." <laughs> yeah, or like put your two out, or you go to like a wide shot, and all of a sudden he's like behind them with a gun or something. Like it's just like you expect mm-hmm. something to be happening, and it just really gets you in their head. And also, like they're all high, you know what I mean? They're all like fucking strung out, and just. Ugh, just it's such a tense and and the way he sets it up too is like its own chapter and then they're all at the house and like they're talking over this stupid plan that like anyone with a brain would know is dumb as hell yeah like it's just like, so good that, and oh, then, that was a weird thing in that scene i was like why is philip seymour hoffman here like <laughs> i didn't understand why he was like with their little group <laughs> i guess because he's in love with uh with dirk you with know dirk, dirk Dig- i actually like how they handled that kit Dirk Diggler, yeah. yeah. I, I like how they handle that kiss scene, actually. I like how, like, the minute he pulls away, uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, he just immediately realizes yeah. how stupid it was to do that. Mm. I thought that was a great, great uh, moment. But then he still goes, yeah, but and, could uh, you, like, do you just, do you want to kiss me, though? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm, like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have kissed you. Do You, you could just kiss me instead. <laughs> and he's, like, pretending to be drunk. He's like, yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm just, I'm crazy. I'm crazy. And he's just like, and I also thought I liked how Mark. I actually liked how Mark Wahlberg reacted because it was like he doesn't want to kiss him, and he is like, you know, it's the seventies, yeah. like homophobic on some level. But he's also like, he doesn't want to like. Yeah, he's trying to be like nice, mad to him at still. him. Like he's yeah, he's trying to like be chill about it. But it's like he, why would you do that, Scotty? Like you know, he like it's yeah. Just, I like how he handled it. I like how that's. I like how he reacted. Yeah. Um, He's like, it's cool. Just don't. Just like, don't do it again. Like, oh, and then. I, I know. I know. It's it. I I do love that scene, and I think. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude. It just goes by. It's just such a like fucking kaleidoscope movie. It's just yeah. so beautiful to look at, and it's just so ballsy. You know what I mean? Like, just all, every decision is just so cool and. I get why I liked it in college. Like it's just like a movie that makes you want to go like, oh, yeah. if only. You know, I mean? it's one of those things. <laughs> well, um, I, so to to kind of touch back on like you thinking it's a little bit of like a a younger. Wait, what? Cut huh? out. Oh, am I back? Reese, are you there? Yep. Okay. Um, to like harking back to you saying that it was kind of like a film of, of like kind of for like it, it like a younger guy's film. Like, in the sense that it was mm-hmm. just clearly made by a 26-year-old. At the same time, I still feel like the dialogue doesn't suffer from that because I think the dialogue is so exclusively dumb kids. Like, and they all play it so well. Like, the just right. the stupid conversation where, like, uh, Don Sheetle and the girl are like, uh, 
uh, she's like, oh, what were we talking about? And he's like, oh, sunsets. And he's like, but I think sunrises are better. And she's like, oh, man, I do. And, like, that's their thing that yeah. they, like, you know, start to like <laughs> yeah. each other from. It's like the most, like, you, you, if you've ever been to a party with, like, people in their early 20s, like, 22-year-olds who are just, like, not yeah, very clever but want to do more than what, you know, that what they're doing right now, that's the conversation mm-hmm. here. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, yeah, and and I think that was important too because they have to make them all. You know what the other thing we talk about, like I think this is like a discussion in society. Mm-hmm. I do think he's overall respectful to them as sex workers. Yeah, like no, I think I don't think I don't at no point do you feel like he's like looking down on them even when they're yeah. fucking up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he takes them all very seriously and like even though Mar- like when Mark Wahlberg is like yelling at his mom or whatever like mm-hmm. that's another thing though i that's another critique on paul mm-hmm. i notice he writes a lot of like angry women like that really um yeah it was like, like make characters that are just felt really pointless it just felt like his mom yeah. was bitchy for like they never like expanded on it to give a reason as to why no it was just no, i would have made it the like, dad if i'm being honest huh i would have done that if i was doing it, i would have made it yeah. the dad um mm. it, to me that would have made more sense um, but, but I think also I, there is maybe an element of that is where his you know because he obviously they talk he talks about like um, he, him writing a lot of the stu- the the movie dialogue and like how how sexist it is and like how violent he kind of is toward women maybe that's just supposed to be an extension of like his anger toward his mother like of just like he feels like that is the only reaction to do if they you know do anything to him is just to fucking screw right. with them and, and slap him about because he's just had a terrible mom but at the same time right. I still would have rather uh, found out why she was crazy <laughs> yeah yeah I think that could have been explored and I get it it's already a long movie you know what I, mean? but <laughs> yeah. I almost don't even know that they need it I, I did like the scene where she's tearing down his posters because I liked how you could tell after a certain point like how devastating that was to him yeah. you know what I mean because they did that great shot of the room he's like so happy with it yeah but um I also think that if they wanted, like, if he wanted to, he could have just cut everything with the parents and just, like, yeah. you didn't really need to address it. Can we d- um, address the fact that the, every person refers to it as karate instead of just, like, karate? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Which I just was like, I, I, even uh, fucking when um, Julianne Moore is, like, making the documentary about him and she, and she mm-hmm. says, like, uh, she's like, he has other interests such as karate. And I was like, why is she doing yeah. it too? <laughs> I saw that little documentary. I thought that was really fun. Um, yeah. That little moment. Uh, well, apparently yeah, the movie funny. was... Is a man of central interest. <laughs> uh, apparently the mo- he made a movie in like 1988. Uh, so uh, fucking... Well, that would have been nine... So he would have been 17 years old. And it was a, a fake like documentary about... Uh, like a rise and fall oh, yeah. of a porn star named Dirk Diggler, who like is a right. famous porn star for having a huge penis, but then uh, like becomes a drug addict and then tries to be a r- singer and then fails, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. apparently dies. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It's so I cool think that, that scene like, is like kind of really stuck with it. Uh, like a uh, maybe a maybe an homage to that kind of the fake documentary they did. Mm-hmm. I would assume. Yeah. But I think... Yeah. I, 
Yeah, so. I, maybe that's why it was so good. It's like he just stuck with the characters for so long. It's like yeah. he took them very seriously. Which, I don't know. I guess that's true. Because I, I do feel like the main characters are, are well-written. Like Mark yeah. Wahlberg's well-written. Julianne Moore, Burt, Ren- or Burt Reynolds. Um, those are all pretty well done. I think, like I said, I think it's more the supple- like the side characters to me. Yeah. That kind of like... Can we just... It, my main they, thing that happened, like uh, like thought that kept reoccurring in the film, is as the years kept going and Roller Girl was still in the skates, especially after the line where she goes, they don't come off. Like, as the years right. progressed, my only, like, every time it was, like, more time had gone by and she was still in them, I was like, what do they smell like? <laughs> <laughs> I know, when did, did she take them off to sleep? Yeah. Like, she even shoots on, like, she even shoots the movies in them. Yeah. You know? She shoots the movies in them, yeah. but, like, she's like, no, I wear them when I'm, like, naked and, and fucking, so I'm like, so... Do you ever not have, if you don't, like, what, I just, the the first thing that came to my mind was just, like, what is the smell? Yeah. Yeah, I get Because <laughs> it's that's the same, that's another, it's the same shoes for, for, like, the entirety of the film, so that's over a seven-year period. So I was like, okay, so it's yeah. just the same shoes for seven years, like, the inside's not going to be, it's not going to be a good quality smell, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Yeah. Also, just hats off like, to um, what's her name, the girl who plays it, um, Heather Graham. Heather Graham, yeah, because that must have been fucking hard to do that yeah, whole movie in skate. Like, just oh, you you know, we're gonna block this whole scene, and you have to be in very specific shots so that you're you know focused and the light hits you properly. Also, you're in skates, so you're gonna have to learn how to do be able to get to those spots perfectly on roller skates. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what I mean. Is like everyone really did a great job. Yeah. I, like they really just kind of brought it. Um, I thought I she, she was like at first that, when she was introduced. I thought it was gonna be like that was it was one of those like uh, cafes where like the waitresses are all in skates for some reason, and then when nobody else mm-hmm. had them and like they were passing, she's passing by waiters, and I was like, they're walking. Like why? Why is she in skates? And then she's like in school, and I was like, she's still wearing this. What's she's still wearing the skates? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, do you, do you rate the movies on this? Yeah, we rate like, the movies. Was, yeah. Oh yeah. Do you um, have anything else you wanted to say about it? Not that I can immediately think of. Um, All right. I, I it's one of those where it is something that I I kind of I mean I think there's there was a, we did say a lot about this, um, but I always yeah. kind of feel bad when like it's a movie that Marcos and I just both enjoy because then the the podcast just goes oh it was good yeah. <laughs> like it's it's we have the best podcasts are the ones where we like have a different opinion or something like that because most of the time if we yeah. like we watched isla dogs you're polarized and like isla dogs was just like do you want to talk about the film sure oh it was really funny and good <laughs> and like that was like all we really had to say like it's not it's not bad it's it's not amazing it's not 10 out of 10 but it's just a good enjoyable film that i'd recommend to anybody <laughs> right yeah, um, yeah, that can be, that can be hard. I, I do think, like, I don't know that my girlfriend will love this movie. I think yeah. there's a lot of, like, out there stuff. Like, not out there stuff, but just, like, like the part where the girl overdoses. I can see why somebody uh. is just, like, <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, when she overdoses so, and I was like, am I a terrible person for laughing at the line, this is the second time in two days? Because that I was know. probably <laughs> my favorite line in the whole. <laughs> and then the other person, the like, colonel's response was just, get new shit. <laughs> maybe <laughs> like 
You think about getting new shit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just like, it's funny. I mean, it is funny, and it's like, to me, it's a good mixture. It's kind of like the Alpha Melina thing, where it's like, it's not funny, but it's like the way they go about describing it, and the fact that the guy's like crying, and yeah, the fact that it's, the dude's uh, like, I don't know. Who else does It also, I think, makes you hate that guy. Like, it oh, makes yeah. you dislike that guy. Which is good because ultimately he doesn't turn. Well, out to be a good I mean, guy. yeah, it turned. You, it's very apparent. I think I didn't realize it was going to be. Uh, I think they hint that it's a lot younger than like what we see, but obviously, like all right. the girls that he brings, I was like, are they eighteen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a good. It was kind of subtle how they did that because then when it shows up, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense because yeah. there's all these young girls and you know that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, Horrible but I, I, again, I just, I, I, I took it as they hinted that it was, like, the, the stuff that he was talking about that they found, like, the photos, I'm assuming, were, like, a lot younger. <laughs> then, like, even the fact that he was, like, caught with a 15-year-old, you know? Right, right. So that, like, that scene, that was probably the scene that just, like, was the darkest for me. Like, I was like, oh, fuck. This yeah, is, this that's is true. <laughs> That's true because it wasn't shot in a funny way. It mm-hmm. was like it, there was no humor. There was a lot yeah. of the other dark stuff. There was like a sort of like underlying humor to it. Exactly. That was the only part where it was like, oh, there's some. Re-. And it also explains why Jack has to go make the v- the VHS movies. It's like yeah, he's like running out of. Hold on, the screen went bugging. But he's like running out of uh, money, and he needs to do this. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I don't get why he was upset that he switched to videotapes. Because he's a filmmaker, you know. He he like he he yeah. he thought of himself as somebody who made like films, you know. And I also think that's I also think you and I came of age like so far beyond that that it's like such a dumb thing to even think about yeah. like the idea between film and digital. Like, I don't know. Like, it just seems like everybody that we know and admire has done something on a film has done something on you know what I mean. Like, there isn't that same like. I also think it's just that, like the threat to an industry. You know what I mean? Like, it's sort yeah. of like. It, it just like it was it was a change that we were like so far past that it doesn't really register to us in the same way however you know? at the same time bitch keeps talking about like how expensive movies are to make <laughs> and then somebody's like we but got a really cheap option for you now <laughs> i think that's what he means is like i i well because see that's the that's always the argument right mm-hmm. it's like it's like when sean uh what's his name sean baker did that movie on the iphone you know what i mean yeah. like it's like tangerine there's yeah, like, you can complain about the fact that, oh, nobody's shooting on camera, and you can't get a big budget and stuff, and, like, whatever. But it's also, like, yeah, but also you can you can make a movie a lot easier. You, know yeah. I mean? you can make one simpler. You can do it, like, on your own. You don't have to have studio financing. But I also think that if I were, if you were a product of that, like he was, you know, it could be, like, a sense of prestige. You know what I mean? Like, you're losing it, and you're, you're kind of, like, slumming it by going to VHS. So... It's- Speaking um, to a similar kind of topic of, of what this movie is and, like, what we were saying uh, about this movie being, like, really dark but really funny, Tangerine is so dark and also one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> you know what? I haven't seen I, – I think I started it and I never finished Okay, really? Because yeah. um, I really liked The Florida Project. The Florida mm-hmm. Project is, like, I think my favorite movie of, like, the last ten years. I really? Say. Like, it's so good. Yeah, Have I've not seen, seen the Florida Project. No. Oh, buddy, it's it's devastating. It's just so good, and okay. it's it's so oh yeah, you got to watch it, man. It's, it's, okay. it's gorgeous to look at. There's all mm. kinds of great stuff in it, and it's so it, it. I've I don't know if I've said this before, but one of my favorite things in movies and stories in general 
is when you have a set of characters and you just watch screws slowly tighten. Like you just watch a bunch of circumstances slowly get worse and worse and worse until, and then they kind of have to deal with that. And it's so good at that. Um, yeah, that's one of my. I, right. I, and I, I feel like this movie is. is kind of that as well. It kind of follows that yeah. that theme. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why I like it. it it's 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 uh, Florida Project isn't as funny. It's more of a yeah. drama, but um, yeah, it, it is that same kind of structure of just yeah. like. Things are getting slowly worse. It's like you're spiraling down a drain. I love that. It's just like such a, I don't know, it's the best. I love it. Because then you get to just like really see characters kind of like open up almost under that kind of pressure. You get to see what really happens to people. And uh, I also think it has a really lot of great things to say about like wealth distribution and how people have to make a living and they don't yeah. have... Um, resources and what we force them to do and stuff and yeah because that's my understanding Um, is it's kind of like about that juxtaposition of like disney world right next to an incredibly impoverished place uh the same way yeah that's part even funnier like what not funnier but like the the fact that it's a recurring thing of you have disneyland in california and anaheim is fucking a shithole (laughs) like yeah it's just the end like well, I think florida is even more so yeah i know florida is a like lot even worse bigger parks, you know? but uh yeah but anaheim is not a good place like it's not great <laughs> yeah i get there's parts of it that aren't you know um yeah all right man well it's almost <laughs> noon i okay. think uh, we should probably <laughs> yeah probably wrap okay. up we'll wrap it up are you sure you don't um, want to do another three and a half hour podcast <laughs> I think I'm all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But let's do the ratings. Do you want? To oh go first yeah, shit. Um, um, I'll go first just because it's my first time, and then you uh, you can okay. just go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's a good, good um, idea. Good idea. I'd give it a nine out of ten. Wow. Wow. All right. What What makes you say it like you want? Do I want to, Do I want to expand on it? Wanna... No. The thesis statement? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it stands as it is. Just, no, right. I, I think all the performances are 100% solid. I think the dialogue is childish, but it works to the sense that, like, all of them are really childish and really kind of a bit simple at times. I don't even um, know if it's, like, childish. It's almost, like, innocent. Yeah. It's almost like they're just, like... Innocent, yeah. 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 Like, the, the scene um, that made me think that the most was the one with, with Don Cheadle, like... With in at the uh, the New Year's party, and he's just like got the like wig on because he's like finding a new look, <laughs> and he's right. like just trying to find something else. And he's like, "Yeah, I just thought you know it looks it's a bit weird, but I thought it looks cool, you know, like just like he just takes it off." Yeah, it's <laughs> like fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I, John Cheadle, it, he is really great in that. Yeah, John C. Riley was okay. amazing in it. Uh, the scene with in the yeah. hot tub where he like recites the poem. And then, like, and then just yeah. Mark Wahlberg also coming back with the most believable. That was great, man. Like, and I was like, "Fuck, he believed. He genuinely thinks that. He genuinely thinks that that was great." <laughs> and yeah, then again, and I, I have to give hats off to Mark Wahlberg um, because I I have never actually I've seen people in movies where they're like, "Oh, pretend to be really messed up on coke," and then they're just like. They're always just like talking really fast and like doing this, 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 and it's like that's not what it is. Uh, no, it's more of like, like just talking at a normal speed, yeah. and then stopping because you finished the thought like a normal person would, and then there's just enough time for you to go, oh, he's done. Oh no, he's still going. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just looks so like it must have been makeup too, because he lo- yeah. he just looks so drained too. Mm-hmm. Like, just like on the in the uh, the shot in the cars, you know what I mean? Where he's, yeah. he's like jerking off of that guy. Like, he's just so pale, and he just looks like half dead. Yeah, that was really great work. Well, so I think I. I think I will give it an eight. Okay. I think that I think it's very good. I would say that anybody who wants to watch it should definitely watch it. I think it's like I, I feel like it's a really great representation of like that sort of nineties, almost like Tarantino stuff of just like mixture of comic and violence and, and um really great cinematography, really interesting shots, you know. Um and I also there's something like I said, it's like when I watched that for the first time it's one of those, like, I remember Roger Ebert wrote something, I forget about who, I think maybe it was David O. Russell, but I just remember he wrote something where it was like, it's like a movie that gets you drunk on movies. You just, like, <laughs> you watch it, and it's just so, like, it just wraps you up, you know what I mean? And you just get yeah. so into it, and it's just... I will, yeah, just, I will agree, just, like you said it before, you never feel the runtime. No, you don't. It just keeps you engaged the whole yeah. time. It, it is a perfect balance of comedy and drama um it's just so, and then like i said the shots the thing the way things look are just so great um like i said earlier i still think of this as like kind of a, a movie made by a young person mm-hmm. you know and and i think honestly you know what makes me think that too is that end part where they're just like oh we're just back and we're happy everything's yeah. okay like part of me thinks that that is kind of just like a little bit of a fantasy you know mm-hmm. what i mean cuz i mean like i said i, I... I was expecting him to get back and like be mad at Julianne Moore and be like, "Hey, I, you're, it's right. kind of your fault I went down this road." Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there was and I, no I think repercussion just... for that. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but I but I think ultimately, if you watch that and aren't blown away on some level by like the amount of technical skill, by the by the power of the performances, like literally everybody too. Um, the sense of place, you know, the, the the blocking is just incredible. Like just like the amount of work that went into it, and at the same time feels so effortless. You know, yeah. um, it's just it's just a great movie, and so I can't give it anything lower than an eight. That's what I would say. Okay. I still think my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson is Inherent Vice, but okay. I admit that that is a personal. Yeah. Um, that's absolutely a personal choice. You know what I mean? I, I think, and I think his best movie is, of course, There Will Be Blood. I mean, that's just... Yeah, that it's just... That one is one of those words. I would say, like, it's objective versus subjective. Objectively, There Will Be Blood, like, it's hard to do better. Than yeah, that. I mean, what, what can you even say? It's yeah. just so... Yeah, it's, it's perfect. But, um, but yeah, I, I think this may be, like, my second favorite, maybe. Yeah. And it sh- um, I think it shows yeah. also what you mean of, like, this is a young man's film in the sense of, like, a young director, because... It's hard to even, as much as he definitely still had that PTA style uh, to his writing mm-hmm. and to, to the film itself, like the look, um, it's hard to sh- sh- like watch that and go, he's going to make There Will Be Blood in 10 years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's like, uh, and I don't even blame him for that. You know what I mean? There's nothing yeah. you can do about that. It's kind of like what I said about the Beatles. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> it was great on its own. You can't really critique it. It's just like, when you know what else... Yeah. will be accomplished in this life um in this career you know like you kind of get like you kind of rearrange how you think about things but yeah. but yeah i and i think anybody who wa- wants to watch it for the first time 
put it in, just just surrender to it. It's just so great. Surrender you know? to it. Like, yeah. I know, just let it carry you along. It's just so much fun. Um, yeah, so that's that's my that's my take. Yeah. Right. Um, I think... <sighs> so what do you, what are you review next week? Uh, next week, I think we're doing War Dogs. We were going to do that when... Yeah, we were going to do that, and then Marcos was like, ah, I uh, like have to move and stuff, and then I was gone, and we took our hiatus, and I just kind of just didn't announce what movies we were going to do. I was like, you'll read the title. <laughs> um, right. Uh, but no, next week should be War Dogs because we're going to talk about that with uh, uh, fucking Jonah Hill and Miles Teller. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who directed that? Was that was that a Brett Ratner movie? <laughs> I don't think so. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I hope so um, too. <laughs> you guys should. Uh, you guys should like. Um, Todd Phillips. That's portrait, right. Like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh boy! Did you like Joker? No, not at all. If I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. Yeah. I thought it was so boring. It was so boring. That was the worst part about it. It was so boring. Yeah. It was just like I was bored in the theater. Yeah, I was. I was like, I just what like it's it's a movie that it, they talked about their inspirations, but if you want to wear that inspiration so much on the sleeve, like. It's just I watch the, the Joker and I just go, well, I'd rather just watch uh, those other movies instead. Like, I'd rather watch yeah, Taxi Driver and exactly. King Kong. Exactly. Like, the, the, the ends... only, to me, the only thing that made it worth it was maybe Joaquin Phoenix. And even yeah. that, I didn't really like. like... <laughs> My biggest complaint with the movie is the fact that he meets um, Bruce and Alfred. Right. And like I, yeah, I just I said, the I second that. I saw that I film, so much. the second I saw that scene, I was like out the cinema with my friend afterward, and I was just like, that just makes the whole point of the Joker, like, because they don't know who he is, but he knew who he was, like in his mom and stuff. And I was like, so I just had the, like the second that yeah, scene exactly. ended, I just had like a playthrough image in my head of like Batman being like, shit, you know, I I think that guy didn't i meet him once and then he's like alfred did didn't we meet him and alfred's like oh yeah he was the son of a maid that we used to work here he's like alfred what was his name and he's like oh bruce i'm so so i'm i don't remember his name like (laughs) hello you still there yep can you hear that yeah i didn't what was that (laughs) i'm playing the guitar you're playing the guitar yeah, you are on a podcast. Right lay down some sweet licks. <laughs> some sweet licks. <laughs> I've got a uh, the only I've got an electric guitar, but it's a um, like handmade one, and that's not that's not a good thing. <laughs> oh yeah. No, jam it. That, Why did I do that? Can you just write write us a new theme song? <laughs> Maybe yeah, I could do that. I could send you a. Uh, no, I can't do that. I mean, <laughs> also, at, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what vibe you guys want. Uh, I I, I, I just it. wrote the song in about five minutes. So the first, I think I don't remember if I told you this, but like the first three episodes have, I didn't really listen back to what I recorded, and like mm-hmm. I just I, I my like girlfriend at the time was on the phone, and I ha- took out my phone and I had GarageBand there, and I was like, oh, I'll just write a theme song for. Um, the I think that's how a lot of podcasts do it. To be yeah. honest, and I just they're not that hard. Yeah, 
like and I just came up with like a a riff on like a keyboard like a synth keyboard and then I like mm -hmm. played it got to the point where I felt like I was pretty confident doing it and then recorded it except I had to do that kind of quiet because my girlfriend was on the phone to her parents so I was like didn't want to be rude and just have that playing really loud so I like quietly did it and then just like put it on the episodes so the first three episodes it's so like I'm I'm not playing in any time like it's 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 the correct notes but the timing is so bad so I re-recorded it right. and now I, I'm happy with it I like the I like the little riff that I made and I'm pretty happy with it so mm -hmm. um Man, yeah, don't you. know if I'll ever change it. I just it just whipped it out in five seconds. I mean, like, it's it's that was like one of my big quarantine things. Yeah, yeah, that was one of my big quarantine things. I got into like guitar playing again. Yeah, and I bought like some pedals. Mm -hmm. So I have like guitar pedals. Nice. And uh, I remember I called Adam because I it, like I I haven't talked to Adam actually in a while, but during the quarantine I would call him like once a month just to see what's up. Mm. Yeah. And um, I uh, I remember at one point I was like, okay, dude, here's the thing. I think I'm gonna buy a pedal. Like I'm, I'm just gonna, pay, I'm gonna buy like a twenty-five dollar one. I'm just gonna try it out. He was like, "Yeah, I mean, go ahead." Like, I, don't know, I don't know why I was so like bashful about. It. I yeah. guess he actually played guitar. And I was just like, "I don't want, I don't know if I'm gonna get into." Like I felt like embarrassed about it because yeah. I didn't think I was that good. But then I was like, "Who gives a shit? Like, yeah. buy them if you want them." Cause there's not that many, and there's a, or there's not, they're not crazy expensive and there's yeah. like a million of them like just get them and if you don't want them you can resell them and yeah um yeah cool. I, adam was one of those people who when lockdown started we like we we did talk like at the beginning being like oh well you know one of our big problems of not talking is we both of us don't have the time but now you know now we'll have so much time and then i think we it, it, like spoken three times <laughs> since, since right. the first lockdown and that's just because adam and i do that all the time we'll just we'll just we're We'll like go so long without talking, and then just have like a big catch up, and then do it again. Yeah, and now he's. I think we're both date. We're both dating people now. Mm. It's just uh, falling apart. You drifted yeah. away. Well, I mean, you you moved five hundred miles north. I moved five thousand hey, miles. Hey, also. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Guess okay. what else I'm gonna do? Guess what, what else doing? is happening? I haven't told my parents yet, but I I guess I'll tell you because they're not gonna listen. Okay. I uh I'm moving to to New York City. No fucking way, man. Yeah. I'm going to do okay. it. My, uh, my girlfriend is uh this great woman named Melissa. Mm -hmm. and she's getting her MFA at the at Sarah Lawrence College yeah. um which is uh not really upstate but like kind of above New York City a little bit. Yeah. And so she is moving actually like in like three weeks she's going to move to this apartment in brooklyn mm -hmm. and probably in like october is kind of what i'm stuff for. that's in like north of the city why is she moving all the way down to brooklyn uh because well she's getting her grad like trust me that was something that i kind of thought too um <laughs> she knows she knows people in brooklyn okay i think she'd like to live there it's a better place to live and um how dare you she also is gonna have a car is insulted <laughs> well i she's also gonna have her car yeah so um she can drive and uh i don't know i think it's just what she'd rather do and yeah. you know if it doesn't work maybe we'll see next year if we need to move somewhere else but i just uh i just reached a point where i'm like i i'm i've been through therapy i'm on prozac i'm like kind of just 
my life feels like it's going okay and okay. I'm just really sick of not doing anything for myself. Yeah. And so I decided I'm going to um take the plunge. I'm going to move over there. Well, try something new. I guess if I'm ever in New York City, I'll catch you at a Denny's. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Make sure not to go to like I'll, a, I'll, 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 like a, you know, any kind of cool restaurant in New York City, we'll just go to a Denny's. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And I'm sure I'll make like a. I'll sure I'll post something on like Instagram or whatever when I actually do. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. But that's that's great. But, uh, I'm I'm happy for that's it. All, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to really do some writing. Okay. Um, that's kind of that's kind of why I'm what I'm looking at is like that's what she's going there for, and I'm gonna get a job, like just to have a little bit of money. But I think mm-hmm. my goal is to like really kind of write in a professional way. I don't really know what that'll look like yet but it's all about kind of getting in a routine and i just know that with this job it's just not something that's conducive to that and yeah yeah so i'm gonna try something out well congrats man so transcontinental theater listeners if you're hearing this feel free to venmo me um (laughs) my venmo is do you have 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 an Um, only fans (laughs) i do not um i don't have a patreon do you have a patreon yet no you should get one no Oh, I don't. I we'll wait till like if we got anything. At Dav L Garcia, D A V L G A R C I A, on Venmo, <laughs> and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Dav L Garcia. <laughs> is it? Is this your plug? Is this are you are you good with that? I'm sure, you don't have a book coming out. <laughs> That's my plug. Yeah. Uh, not not currently. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'll share all announce it there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that is at uh, D-A-V-L Garcia uh, <laughs> uh, Twitter.com Twitter.com I um, need to get rid of my Twitter. Great place to great place to meet people. Great place to connect. What, Twitter? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. I need to, I need uh, to get I rid of my chatting, Twitter because it's just close, a point. I love chatting to my fans. Head. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, 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 I think I'm only on Instagram and Snapchat and and uh, Twitter now. I got rid of Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got rid of Facebook. Um, and I think that's all I am right now. My my Twitter is just uh, it's it's a weird place to be on because I only follow like two types of people. I only follow mm-hmm. uh like politicians and heads of state. Winners and losers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so I only follow like <laughs> politicians or heads of st- and like heads of state or porn stars. Right. I know that's the weird so thing. So it's just it like, like they're all just there. Yeah. So I'm just like scrolling through my feed, and it was just like Joe Biden being like, "Get your vax," and then underneath that is just Riley Reed just taking it in her ass, <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> "Okay, cool." Yeah. Underneath that is fucking you know some other shit from another politician like. <laughs> I follow Does like I follow. follow uh, huh? Do you have conversations about that? Does your girlfriend know that you follow all that stuff? Uh, I'm not with my girlfriend anymore. Did I not tell you about that? Oh, oh yeah. wow! I haven't said it on the podcast either. Oops. You're a free man. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> fucking Christ. Yeah. Well, well, you know. That being that said, out, um, that com- conversation yeah didn't need to happen. We, I'd like I'm, uh, yeah. They would. That's not a problem i don't want to say the word problem because i don't think it it is a problem in general um and the fact that people think it's a problem 
means that they have uh, some common yeah, issues people, that they need to address. Not be, be, <laughs> you can be ethically non-monogamous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just because my girlfriend wasn't into it doesn't mean you can't be. <laughs> but, uh, no, so, yeah, that's... I, that's, uh, I also follow, like, heads of state that don't even fucking speak a language that I know. I'm like, follow... Uh, Angela Merkel Looks and she's like she just tweets in German I'm like yeah German yeah, that's crazy I bet uh, I bet what she's saying is really important <laughs> yeah I would hope so yeah Angela Merkel the Merck <laughs> don't call right, me man. the Merck. Well... <laughs> <laughs> makes her sound like a fucking hitman mercenary yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyhow I'll let you go I'll let you go um, and All I'll right, see, man. This uh, has been fun. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I'll, uh, I just want I'll to say thanks for um, this being the movie that you said you'd want to do next because I really, I'll, I really enjoyed the film. Yeah, good, awesome. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so surprised you hadn't seen it. That's incredible. I'm glad to. Be and here that I know uh, nothing about it, or even that. I, that's that insane. Mark that's insane to me. <laughs> that's insane to me. Yeah, that you didn't know. <laughs> um, yeah, and hey, if you if you ever want to watch uh, the Florida Project. Hit me up. Okay. I'd love to watch that. Or, right, now, I'll put or that really the, anything. I'll put that in the belt of the next ones that uh for next time I hit you up for being on the podcast. I feel like even though this is the third time, I'm like, am I messaging him to be on this too much? <laughs> no, no, okay. no. Uh, it, 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 I think it'd be too much if I was on like every month. Because mm-hmm. at that point, I feel like I should get a part of the revenue stream. But you know, <laughs> well, uh, think, we're uh, we're still waiting to get a part of the revenue stream ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. All right, man. Anyhow. Well, take it easy. It's yeah. great, great talking to you. And thanks for having me on, everybody. Thanks no for problem. listening, and uh, God bless. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs>